this is Snake. Episode 77. My name is Autumn June. Nora Blake is getting ever closer <laughs> to my face. Looking very beautiful. You can't see that on the podcast, but... You can imagine it in your mind's eye. We've kissed on the podcast, <laughs> as, is our, as is our weekly tradition. You I'm, really didn't like that, and now you just keep doing it. You're really pretty is the problem. Oh, is it a problem now? <laughs> okay. I, can, I can do my best to curtail that. So... We bring to you today a podcast in three acts. Three? Three. I don't act. One. Context. As as is n- the new export audio <laughs> tradition, segment one. Season four. <laughs> the new export audio tradition is segment one of every podcast is just telling you what we've been up to today. Segment two. Uh... We're going to talk about Metal Gear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In segment three, we will, as per our yearly tradition, correctly, scientifically, 100% accurately predict every uh, result in the Game Awards. Uh, you don't even need to watch the show because... All you have to do is go in and vote for Control anywhere it's uh, asking for votes. Yeah. Vote for Control. Yeah. Shout out to Vita. It's Vita's game. It. Vita helped make that game. Yeah. It's a great game. Vote for it. Vote for it. Vote for Vita's game. Um, but yeah, we'll get back to the Keeleys. We, you know, you can, everybody can go listen to the, there was an export audio episode from around this time last year titled <clears throat> New Before, We Read Artemis Fowl Fanfic and Accurately Predict the Game Awards. Uh, you can listen back to that episode, and you will find that we did 100% accurately predict every single outcome. One does not care to dwell on uh, the podcasts of one's youth. Let's move forward. <laughs> We're going to do it again, you know? So, anyway, um, back to segment one. Back to? <laughs> Is back to here? Back to. <laughs> Is that a campaign thing? Yeah. Okay. Because they have back to basics. Anytime they have to explain a piece of the Star Wars setting to the audience, they interrupt in character and say back to basics, and then they say da, da, na, na, da, na, na, da, na, da, and then they feel feel free to give me a wishy washy answer on this. Okay. Should I listen to campaign? I enjoyed it. Okay. It's like the best Star Wars actual play, in my opinion. Okay. I got to. It's very long, it's and it very didn't long. really finish. You told me at one point I should start with, like, episode 15 or something. I told you you should start at episode 85. (laughs) Well, you told me I could start at episode 15. I should start at episode 85. I threw that baby out with the bathwater and started at episode 1. Sure, and you didn't really because there were, like, six or seven other episodes of one shot that led into the campaign. 
Yes. Uh, but basically, at the end of every arc, they did like a soft reboot and like reintroduced all the characters, redescribed all the characters, like gave you a good context for a jumping on point if you wanted to start on one of their bottle episodes. Yes. So you could start in between any arc, and one of those arcs took over a year out of game because of a lot of reasons and was six days long in universe hmm. or maybe like three days long hmm. in universe but um Findar took a little while but it's great um Lena Gilo got feet he do got feet though he do he, yeah I need to take a picture of Lena Gilo in Outer Wilds and send it to Coaster yes um just and Google Lena Gilo feet. We're trying to get it so that the feet is the first autocomplete when you search for Lena Gilo. <laughs> um, anyway, I threw that baby out with the bathwater and listened to campaign. Um, in episode four, I think, there's a really graphic depiction of surgery for reasons I'm unclear on. <laughs> uh-huh. <clears throat> and I had to skip that because it was gross. And I just, I fell off a little bit. What I heard, I think I then continued to, like, episode 7 or 8. It was really good. Um, but I was having trouble keeping up with Friends at the Table, which is the actual play I actually care about. Mm-hmm. Which is not to say that campaign is bad, only to say that... Dighty, what are you doing down here? Hey, Dighty. How's it going, baby? How's it going? Do you want to be on the podcast? Did you come down here to shit... Did you come down here to shit? We know you love shitting down here. Oh, yes, you do. And you're not supposed to. No. This is not where you shit. You shit outside. Where dogs shit. That's where dog shit goes. That's where dog shit goes. You better not walk over to that corner. Go sit on the couch. Go sit on the chair. Oh, she's got her tail between her legs. She was definitely coming down here to shit. (laughs) Oh, poor baby. Um... Do you want me to take the dog out? Yeah, you take the dog out. I'll tell about our day. <laughs> yeah, just... No, just take her out the back door there, and I'll tell about what we went <clears throat> up to today. Um. So, yeah, this is... Uh, go on. This is the second time we're recording this episode today. Um, we... It's like 9 o'clock right now. It's 9.30 right now, which is probably the latest we have ever recorded certainly the latest we've recorded since moving in together i i open i forget if i talk about this on the podcast much i try not to talk too much about my job but i know i definitely have i open a lot today i worked from 4 30 to 10 30 yesterday i worked from 4 30 to 9 30 yesterday was a very short shift uh the day before that i was there at 5 30 uh i open a lot and when I'm not opening, I'm still there by 6 or 7 in the morning. So, 9.30, pretty late podcast for us. It's going to be a weird vibe. It's also going to be a weird vibe because we recorded for about 30 minutes earlier, and then there were some technical issues. And so, uh, we th- are probably going to throw that out. I'm going to listen to it and decide... <sighs> If the technical issues are not so bad, I will put that after the credits music of this, because I do think, technical stuff aside, we had a really good show going on. I thought it was really good. It's just, um, 
sound quality gonna be bad. Um, and so, yeah, that was probably at, like, 5.30, which is, like, honestly a late podcast for us these days. Usually we're more of a morning-afternoon podcast, but that was, like, 5.30. After the technical issues, I was feeling a little bad, so we went and hung out at the bookstore for a couple hours. I, I live-tweeted uh, that Ruby manga that I mentioned on the most recent Ruby, or second most recent Ruby. I live-tweeted that a little bit, as you might have seen. Um, and, yeah, we're... We came home, and I wasn't expecting to podcast again, but we pulled in the driveway, and I was like, hey, do you want to podcast again? And so we're back at it at Krispy Kreme. Um, I'm going to cough away from the microphone now. <coughs> um, I'm drinking a little milk. Um, I'm going to try not to slurp too loudly on the podcast, but I need a little sip. Our roommate very kindly made us some cookies that were some excellent cookies. Um, I'm not sharing them. Uh, God, I just remembered. I don't think I've ever told this story on the podcast. Um, probably around this time last year, um, a friend of mine... Uh, yeah, it would have been around this time last year. A friend of mine, I was going through like a rough week, and they were just like, Hey, um... I'm going to make you some cookies and I'll just like express mail them out there and you know I'll put them in a little Tupperware or a Ziploc or something and yeah like it'll probably get there like a day or two and you can just have some cookies you know they're not going to be the you're not going to be fresh cookies but I will mail you some cookies and I was like oh my god you're so sweet and um at this time I was living with probably the worst roommate I've ever had I've had a lot of bad roommates in my lifetime this person was just the dog shit worst, and I do mean that because her dog shit everywhere. <laughs> um, and so, uh, UPS came by with my with my friend's cookies, and she was home, but didn't want to sign for the cookies because they weren't her cookies to pick up. So UPS gave her a little note to give to me to tell me to come by the UPS center to um, uh, come get my cookies. And then she just threw it on the floor in the vague vicinity of the door and didn't tell me about it. So like four months later, she moved out. Three months later, she moved out pretty early. Anyway, and I was sweeping and found this note on the floor and was like, Hey, I got back in touch with my friend. Uh, I was like, hey, remember when you sent me those cookies and they never got to me? I'm pretty sure they've been sitting in a UPS center for the last three months. <laughs> Sorry. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. When I came in and I heard part of the story, I thought you were using cookies as a euphemism for weed? No, my friend would not just mail me weed. They're I thought not that, that UPS dumb. was also a euphemism. I thought this was no. an intricately constructed metaphor about a weed dead drop. No, no. It was literally <laughs> just my friend was mailing me some chocolate chip cookies and they never got to me for reasons that are dumb. <clears throat> yeah. um, I can't please, I, there's only one weed euphemism in my heart and that's Zeta Gundam. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if the dog shit or not. It's dark outside. <laughs> she stopped moving for a little while out there, and I don't think she died, so. <laughs> I should go get her. 
So yeah, I just told everybody, like, we recorded earlier, didn't go so well. May or may not append that to the back half of this podcast, depending on how it sounds. Um, and we went to the bookstore and had a nice day. Anything you, anything special happening in your day that you wanted to hit on? Um, I got to kiss you. That was nice. Got to hold your hand a couple times. I'm in love with you and all that. This is you hitting on me? No. That was the that was the joke. Is that I said, did you want to hit on anything? And uh, now you're flirting with me. You're hitting on me. I wasn't really flirting. I was just like. Yeah. No. I was just trying to say. addressing how I felt, which is kind of not flirty. Yeah. It's kind of like not what flirting is. I played Outer Wilds. I'm yeah. pretty close. You to You yelled it. about it. I did yell about it. I'm really liking Outer Wilds. Um. I guess I'm going to talk about... Skip ahead 30 seconds. This is all I'm going to say about Outer Wilds, because I'm not even at the end yet. It doesn't matter if you care about spoilers. Skip ahead anyway. Nobody wants to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As I am nearing the end, I am getting to the parts of the game that ask you to be, like, good at jumping and piloting. Um, And I... That is just not a thing I enjoy in a game. I hate in a video game when I know the solution to a puzzle, but I can't get my thumbs to do the right things to solve the puzzle. Mm-hmm. And so if you heard me shouting, it's because I had I like fell into the same pit three, three loops in a row or something. That's all. I really... Anyway, hello, folks who skipped ahead 30 seconds to hear not spoilers, but perhaps spoilers. I, I have some friends who are playing that game, and so I, like... Outer Wilds is a... V- very spoilable game, and so wanted to give anybody space. I have been playing Death Stranding. Yeah. Literally just delivering packages, bro. Yeah, literally just, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I had a thing today where I threw something into a tar pit. That was fun. Uh, the cutscene afterward, not quite as fun. Um, I reloaded to see if you can do that without getting the objective to tell you to go to the tar pit, and you can. It just kind of assumes that you had that extra scene. Um, It's weird not knowing whether or not the character can read the item descriptions. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it's a weird thing that I... You handed me this thing, and I know what it is, because it is just called what it is. But does Sam know what it is? It's unclear. Uh It seems like he didn't. But also, how does he know what packages to pick up if he doesn't automatically know what they are the way that I do? <clears throat> you also... Oh. Huh? Did you have more death training? Uh, that game's alright. Um, you were saying earlier in our first take of this podcast that you have been largely uninterested in the story, just in the delivering packages, building highways. No, not so much the building highways, because in my instance, at least, everyone else is doing that for me. Nice. Um, I am just delivering packages, bro. You also played and finished uh, Jedi Fallen Order. I did do that. Um, The thing about Death Stranding is that there's a version of me who would have been very interested in the story, (coughs) <coughs> I'm interested in the aesthetic and the cutscenes just because everything in this game has this weird dreamscape quality that I really like. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Jedi Fallen Order fucking kicks ass. Yeah. It's great. Uh, a couple of bugs, which I was Both. tweeting and then was like, mm, I guess it's not really that funny to just yeah. post a video of the Knight Brothers T-posing. Like, that's not yeah. as funny the second or third time. From what I <clears throat> from what I understand, because several people have sent me content warnings now, both glitches and spiders in that game, which is influencing my decision about whether or not to play. There's one very early on, and then a little bit later, there's like a couple rooms where you fight one or two. There's not that many of them, but they are big, and they are exactly the design that you hate. So. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, is like... Um, there are spiders in Dark Souls. There's very specifically... Okay. Titty spider. There are some spiders in Dark Souls <clears throat> that bug me. Uh -huh. And then Titty Spider would normally be... Um, <clears throat> the exact spider that bothers me most, except uh, because of a, um, a dumb YouTube meme, I now very closely associate... Uh, Kellogg's. Kellogg's with um, an R. Kelly song, which is maybe, maybe I shouldn't be talking talking about like bad YouTube videos I watch that use R. Kelly video songs in them. Whatever. But it is very funny. <laughs> uh, other thing is oh 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 I wanted to finish. Um, like it's always weird because Dark Souls has spiders, mm -hmm. but they don't bother me. But then Bloodborne. I have not gotten to the spiders in Bloodborne yet, but I I always, when I'm going to play a game, I Google where the spiders are, because the biggest thing is they can't surprise me. If I know the spiders are coming, I can prepare myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I have fallen off Bloodborne now because I know I'm coming up on the spider rooms, and they're the exact spiders that bother me the most. Um, and the the Jedi Fallen Order ones are like also very much... They're not hairy. Yes, but, like, the, the spiders in Jedi Fallen Order, because I did Google them, mm -hmm. are, like, spiders that really bother me specifically. Mm -hmm. And I, I, it's really hard to tell you what the line is, because, like, okay. I used to think, oh, the more cartoony they are, but I've seen cartoony spotter, spiders that bother me, and I've seen cartoony spiders that do not bother me. It's almost Ra like this is a completely, like, irrational thing that you yeah. can't control. Or Rom the vacuous spider doesn't bother me one bit. Neither do Rom's minions. It's weirdly, there's a big chapel in Bloodborne with some spiders that descend from the ceiling that, like, fucking got me when I watched them on YouTube. So who fucking I knows? I remember spiders in that game. What about the Chaos Children in Dark Souls 1? Chaos Children. In Blight Town. At the bottom. They shoot the fire out of their mouths. Oh, those, those definitely frightened me when I first saw them because I wasn't ready for them. Mm -hmm. um, but I got used to them pretty quick. The, definitely the first couple times I saw them, um, they frightened me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I definitely... There's also nothing in Dark Souls seems that scary because I've been playing that game on and off for like literal actual years now and I've gone through Blight Town like more times than I can count you know and so like yeah. nothing in Dark Souls can scare me that much anymore <laughs> uh, we've talked about that before about how I've just memorized that game mm -hmm. 
um, as a lot of Dark Souls players do. Shout out special. to everybody who plays it on PC, and then when you slide down the ladder, you clip through the world. <laughs> uh, Jedi Fallen Order is great. I love Star Wars. Yeah. That's the thing is... I might need you to like. I might need you to like watch over me and like tell me when I'm coming up on the spiders. But I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell you. Hopefully the microphone did not pick up me farting on the podcast. But if it did, we've all just shared this moment together. Not as much as Nora and I are sharing in it because it's. Mm. This is not content anyone wants. No, this do is Game Grumps on? content. <laughs> this is literally what Game Grumps do. So it does. Speaking of Game Grumps, we watched a video today on YouTube. Yeah. We've been in a Metal Gear headspace, and so we watched Metal Gear Awesome, which I don't recommend for a lot of reasons. It's racist. It's, it's racist. misogynist. It's misogynist. It's homophobic. It's homophobic. Um, it's not funny. <laughs> I thought you were going to fill in that sentence for me. I but, didn't know uh, where you were going. Anyway, who would have thought that, uh, like, Newgrounds Flash thing from, like, 1987 would be, like, problematic? Yeah. What the fuck ever. That animation came out in 1987. Yeah. I don't know. If I don't... I, yeah, I know. Newgrounds was around <clears throat> 1987. Jedi Fallen Order came out in the 50s. <laughs> Before Star Wars. It's weird. Um... The fuck was I gonna say? Do you remember this shit? The real reason we were watching Metal Gear Awesome, though, today, was that uh, the podcast we were supposed to record today, I don't know, the podcast we had intended to record today. Segment. was not its own podcast. I know, no, no, no. I just wanted to... Yeah. Long-time listeners may know that uh, in the the, um, long-forgotten epoch... Of one month ago, um, we recorded a Teen Titans podcast. Uh, we're, we're gonna record that again tomorrow, folks. It's fine. Yes, we just we wanted to get back to Teen Titans today. Uh, I got home from work, and I said to you, I said to you, you said to me, you did say to me, I sabotaged this. <laughs> what if we watched? What if we watched Twin Snakes? And so. Another thing that listeners you may remember is we've been kicking around an idea for a podcast called Do You Remember This Shit? Where uh, we just watch Metal Gear cutscenes and just reminisce about how dumb Metal Gear is. Because we have Metal Gear brain poison and we will never stop talking about Metal Gear. Yeah, and we just need an outlet for it. Um, You know, this is not a new regular podcast. Uh, This is just a new export audio segment that will occur whenever it feels like occurring, which will mostly be we have an afternoon free and you say to me, what if we watch some Metal Gear? (laughs) Muff. Muff. I may have done this spiel on the podcast before, so I'm going to try and do a very quick version of it. In the in the earlier take we did on this podcast, I did a very long... You've already told this story on the podcast before. Okay. For sure. Okay. So I'm going to do a very short version. <clears throat> uh, I definitely watched... I played a little bit of Metal Gear Solid 3 when I was a teen. 
Uh, my first year of college, I watched Metal Gear Scanlan 1, 2, and 3. Um, I thought I had watched Metal Gear Scanlan 4, but I definitely haven't. Because you tell me things that happen in Metal Gear Scanlan sometimes, or Metal Gear Solid 4. <laughs> sometimes you tell me things that happen in Guns of the Patriots, and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, what remember how it's called Guns of the Patriots? Yeah. By the way? Yeah. Um, sometimes you talk to me about that game, and I'm like, I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. And I've just searched my memory and realized, no, I never watched Metal Gear Scanlan 4. I just read a Wikipedia summary and kind of... Filled in blanks. You know what I have installed on my PS3? Hmm. The Metal Gear Solid database, which is an app <clears throat> only really remarkable in that it is the source of the retcon that explains why Revolver Ocelot's arm is different in 4. That's in an app <clears throat> for yep. the PlayStation 3? Uh-huh. Not in the video game? No. You're so fucking stupid. <laughs> the possession was real. Okay. But he replaced the arm between games. Because okay. it was real. But then he realized it was useful, so... He kept pretending. He, yes. He hypnotized himself into thinking it was real. Right, I forgot. <laughs> he, he, it's not that he just faked it. It's that he hypnotized him. Okay. Much like he hypnotized that guy into believing he was Big Boss. Yes. No. Yes. Um. So. No. He. I also. He hypnotized himself into believing that guy was Big Boss. That's true. <laughs> um. Metal Gear Solid Four. I haven't played that, but I definitely read Wikipedia. But I definitely forgot most of what I read. I've also definitely forgotten most of MGS Two, even though that was at one point my favorite. Um, Revolver Ocelot's got it all. Torture, mind control, anything. You Hypno, like, you you want it, you got it. As long as you have enough rupees. And then I... I, I had to finish the line because it was auto-completing in my brain because of the voice line from the <laughs> CDI Zelda game. Continue. Anyway, um, I also definitely read enough MGS5 spoil... MGSV, sorry... Not MGS5, MGSV. Five is coming. Five is coming. <laughs> On 42911, <laughs> as we all know. God. Um, in MGSV, I read enough. <clears throat> I definitely read the Venom Snake twist. I don't know how much else I read. I, I know that Quiet breathes through her skin, and that's why she has her ass out. I know... Something about the English language being a virus and/or a parasite. I read I, I read enough uh, stuff from MGSV to listen to a Giant Bomb spoiler cast where Jeff mostly gets mad at Dan for liking MGS Five so much. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, because I Dan should, thinks it's really good. I should play Metal Gear Survive. You are right now. I should play the real one. <laughs> You're playing the real one. Konami had put out a fake-ass pretender called Metal Gear Solid Survive. You're playing the real Metal Gear Solid Survive. It's not solid. It's just Metal Gear Survive. I think. Oh, is it really? I think that's true. Okay. Um, Nobody that's fucking cared about that game, huh? No one. 
I'm kind of interested in it MGS just because... MGS fans didn't even, like, get mad at it. Yeah, I was really waiting for everybody to get mad at it, and just no one fucking... People were more angry when they did all those gorgeous remastered MGS3 cutscenes and just put it in a pinball machine. People were more upset about that than they were about it's... the existence of Metal Gear Survive. Whatever. <coughs> Try being a Castlevania liker. Right. <laughs> If you don't like pinball machines and pachinko machines, go um. fuck yourself. <laughs> Here's some fucking balls. <laughs> Enjoy the balls. You want a video game? Fuck you. Balls. Just lots of metal balls. Okay, but counter argument. No. <laughs> I don't live in Shenmue. With, with the TV show coming out, this is a really good time to be a Castlevania fan in some ways. In some ways. That TV show's really good. I yes. really like that TV show. I'm a show. big fan of that TV show. I wish I were in, like... I wish I had more friends who like Castlevania as much as I do, but... No one likes no. Castlevania as much as you do. We were talking about this, I think, off mic. It's like you and, like, six teens on Tumblr who have, like, a group chat where they role-play as Castlevania characters. Like, if, if I had to imagine, in terms of, like, what people care more about Castlevania lore than me, there's probably a Discord server with, like, four teens who are all gay and all, like... RPing as as Castlevania characters somewhere yeah. that that like cares way more than like a little bit more than I do. Those are the but... only four people who care more than you do. I guarantee you that as far as Castlevania lore nerds go, you are top five on the planet. I promise you. And I don't think Ega's in the top ten. No. <laughs> Though an argument if in Ega's favor is that. According to you, Bloodstained is just Dawn of Sorrow fanfic? Nope. Harmony of Resonance fanfic? No. no. You'll get there. Ha Order of Harmony? Order of Ecclesia. There we go. Uh, yeah, Bloodstained I was fucking with you. I knew the titles, and I just was... Bloodstained is just an Order of Ecclesia AU, where, like, Miriam is Shinoa and Jebel is Albus. Jeebel's a fake name. Jeebel. His name is Jeebel. That's fake. <laughs> He's very sad and tragic. It's, He's it's named sad. after the previous person I know. <laughs> Albus. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's basically like a, re a redo of Order of Ecclesia, but with characters that he gets to do anything he wants with. Yeah. Like also David Hayter Samurai. Yeah. David Hayter plays a samurai. <sighs> yeah. Solid Snake as a as a vampire hunting samurai is a character there. Alucard is there, but he's his name is OD, which mm -hmm. stands for Orlock Dracul, and he's voiced by the same voice actor who voiced Alucard in Symphony of the Night on the PS1. I have a question for you about that. Because I've heard that the character he plays is very similar to Library Shopkeeper Guy from Symphony. Okay. Um <clears throat> So if we all remember library shopkeeper guy from Symphony of the Night. Sure. Right under where his desk is, there's a hole in the ground, and it goes down to the next floor. He definitely shits down that <laughs> hole, right? Yes. <laughs> is, a, that, is that canon? I don't know. Do, is, 
Okay, okay, I have a much dumber question. Am I the first person to ever think that, or is no. that like a common... Okay, because no. I genuinely couldn't I think remember. you can go up that hole. That's fucked up. <laughs> he shits down there. <laughs> you can put a bat through the shithole. Ah! <laughs> That's my Dracula impression. Blah! <laughs> anyway, anyway, yes. Um, Castlevania is really fucking good. You know, next, after this... After Metal Gear, we can remember this shit with Lords of Shadow and Lords of Shadow 2. Yes. Castlevania colon Lords of Shadow colon Mirror of Fate for the 3DS. Yes. Which is kind of a bad game, but very interesting with what they do with the reboot. I'm going to shut up about Castlevania. So. It's a Metal Gear podcast. We have we have a couple. We're going to go through Metal Gear, and then if we still want to keep doing Do You Remember This Shit, you're going to show me Lords of Shadow we're going to do Force Unleashed, Force Unleashed 2. Like I say, this is not our grand new podcast idea. This is, this you, is You can extremely get an idea of the four games we've talked about are Metal Gear, Castlevania, Lords of Shadow, um, the one you just said. Force Unleashed. Force Unleashed and Bionic Commando 09, which we'll yeah. probably need a guess for, but I've got someone in mind. Yeah. <clears throat> like, this is, this is not we're announcing a new podcast. This is... We have done that too many times already this yeah. month. Yeah, this is simply, we're going to keep watching Metal Gear, and what what the, fuck else, what the fuck else are we going to do except podcast about it? Um, what, keep it to ourselves? No. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so, today, this afternoon, we watched about, uh, we found a six and a half hour long play of uh, Twin Snakes, specifically Twin Snakes, because... I've seen MGS1. I've never seen Twin Snakes before. It's also been a couple years, so... Um, yeah, we're just doing Twin Snakes. Um, which, some people, from what I understand, get up in arms about uh, how Twin Snakes changes... Uh, like, makes changes to MGS1. Uh, something my friend... Something that M said uh, that I think <coughs> is absolutely true... Uh, is that Twin Snakes is incredibly honest about what MGS One is, <laughs> and if you're if you're mad about it, it's because you just take MGS One more seriously than you should. <laughs> Those are not M's words. Those are my words. Twin Snakes is honest about how dumb MGS One is, and it's great. <laughs> you haven't seen the real shit yet. I haven't gotten to the real shit yet. I should say, I should say two things. One, <clears throat> we got to, um. We watched up to the tank fight with Vulcan Raven. And we didn't even watch the tank fight. We, like, watched the cutscene where Vulcan Raven says, No snakes in Alaska. He says, Snakes don't belong in Alaska. Snakes don't belong in Alaska. Um, this is a bad Vulcan Raven. Yeah. But if I do a good Vulcan Raven, it will be racist. <laughs> Which makes it a bad Vulcan Raven. Uh, twin Snakes... Less racist than the original, I will. I will say about with the yeah. Voices. They they didn't make Mei Ling so incredibly racist, which is a nice improvement. Um, <clears throat> David redubs all his lines, which is commendable. I would yeah. not if I were in his shoes. I would simply not. But I knew. Also, I know that he fucking loves playing Solid Snake, and that. Oh yeah, he's very attached to the role. It turns out. <laughs> 
He's going to return in MGS5. Yeah, 42911. Yeah, 42911. He's going to return in the real MGS5. Um, <clears throat> See, he's Venom. It's not, you know, that's yeah, why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, it, we're, we're now at 10 p.m. podcasting, and I don't stay up till 10 p.m., and so I just hit a wall. We're going to keep podcasting. I'm going to push past the wall. I just need a little... Just need to find it in me. What the fuck is up, gamers? What the fuck is up, gamers? Do you remember this shit? <laughs> shit. Uh, Hein D? What's Hein-D. a Russian gunship doing here? Hein D. This is the other, <laughs> the really fucked up thing about uh, the fact that Nora and I talk about Metal Gear all fucking day, every day, <laughs> is that we don't even talk about Metal Gear that much. What we actually do is like, <laughs> I'll say, hey, Nora, do you want a Dr. Pepper? And Nora will say, Dr. Pepper. A soda? In a can? <laughs> um. <laughs> a Hein D. <laughs> the Jedi prophecy. <laughs> I can't. My. I, it's, it's the end of the day. I can't do the voice. Death Stranding. A bridge baby. <laughs> A bridge baby. I, I don't I, even know if we have good solid snakes, but we have our solid snakes. You also have a passable liquid and a passable, I will say a passable ocelot from MGS1. I don't know how your, like, MGS3 ocelot is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't do, uh... <coughs> I can't do MGS3 ocelot because I'm not a twink. Mm, yeah. Uh... Yeah. But you can do liquid because you're I a fucking do. bimbo. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, liquid. Oh, I wanted to... Okay. I'm 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 a liquid snake respecter. Here's how we're going to um Here's how we're gonna kick it off, actually. Is that deep throat. <laughs> this is not what I want. This is a Neo Seeker page. Give me a fucking wiki. Radio. <sighs> Radio. Okay. So we watched uh, Twin Snakes, you know. Um, I don't know. Do we want to do a summary? Do we need to summarize no. MGS one? No. Like maybe we need to summarize MGS four. We don't need to summarize the first two hours of MGS one. Um. I would say um, Metal Gear Solid exists as the PS one game, the GameCube remake, a novelization which I own and is in the room we're recording in. And a graphic novel, which is also in the room we're recording in, that I own. So we have a wealth of available resources yes. here. Yes. Um, so, okay. The actual, like... What is this podcast? I've decided... I realize we don't have a format at yeah, all. Yeah, it's just we... Also, we have, like, the boring part of MGS1 to talk about. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, okay. I'm going to... Here's what I'm going to do. Is I'm going to start summarizing, and we'll just stop when we hit a point that we want to talk so about. S- one thing. 
Solid Snake is so horny in this game. Right. Okay. So, so he is not horny in two or four. Yes. So no, no. Let's let's start. I found it. I found it. I'm okay. just gonna start. I'm gonna start telling you. And granted, it has now been like five hours and a great deal of heartache between now and when we watched these cutscenes and, and gameplay. We watched gameplay because I'm gonna quickly shout Connective out. Connective tissue. I'm gonna quickly shout out. Um, Gamers Little Playground is a channel where I watched basically every Kingdom Hearts game as like films. Um, Gamers Little Playground will put up all the cutscenes and also adds in some gameplay but not all of the gameplay um, to give you like the connective tissue. We started just watching cutscenes from Twin Snakes and you really, Twin Snakes were just gonna watch all the gameplay I think because like MGS is a pretty short game, gameplay wise. Um, and I really That's just That's why they make you redo the whole area and backtrack. Yeah, um, like, I think you really need uh, some of that connective tissue to make MGS interesting and good. <laughs> but anyway, anyway. Um, so we start with, uh, at least in this, because in the, in the menu for MGS1, you, get, you can go look at the briefing and you can see like the, the setup and the colonel explaining your whole mission to Snake. We didn't get that, but I kind of remember all of that vaguely, more or less. So we start on the sub submarine. Submarine goes and crashes into Shadow Moses Island. Uh, Snake's got to stop uh, these Foxhound terrorists from launching nukes. Name Foxhound. Uh, Foxhound used to be Snake, <clears throat> used to be Colonel. They're no longer part of Foxhound. Uh, the Foxhound terrorists who have taken over Shadow Moses Island and are demanding the remains of Big Boss. Yes. They want they want the DNA, the body. Something. They want Big yes. Boss. Yes. That all of the above. As much Big Boss as they can get. We all want as much Big Boss as we can get. Honestly, you know. You know. We just want that snake. I'm not actually horny for Big Boss. I just thought that... It was... Anyway. I think the world is better off without snakes. <laughs> I'm just going to... Because we have to throw out... Um, we were originally going to title <laughs> this Export Audio 77, Time for Muff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to type here in the chat, export audio 77, I'm not horny for Big Boss. <laughs> so I remember this. Anyway. Now it looks like, according to the Discord, we've been recording this podcast for five hours. It does look like that. Anyway. Uh, the, the members of Big Boss are Liquid Snake. I got distracted because I remember the payoff for part of this scene in MGS4, but continue. Liquid Snake. Yes. Oh, okay. Don't worry about it. Revolver Ocelot, yes. Psycho Mantis, yes. Vulcan Raven, yes. the deadly and beautiful uh, Sniper Wolf. Uh huh. I almost call, I almost called her Sniper Serpent, which is just a person <laughs> in a Discord that we talk to sometimes. Sniper Serpent is cool. Um, Liquid Revolver. Why do you think they call me Revolver? That's not. <laughs> A revolver voice. That's not a line. You're going to learn why they call me Revolver. That's why. They, that's why they call me Revolver. There we go. Liquid Revolver, Psycho Mantis. That wasn't as good as Vulcan Raven, Sniper Wolf. Am I forgetting anyone? Mm-hmm. There, yeah, because there's six. There's always six, right? Who am I forgetting? Who does everyone forget? Gray Fox. No. Emric. <laughs> no. 
Decoy Octopus. De I thought Decoy Octopus was in the second game. They literally said Decoy Octopus to your face today. Did they really? Totally forgot about that. You're thinking of Laughing Octopus. Oh, how could I be so silly? From MGS4. One of the B&B &B core, the Beauty and Beast core. Anyway. Anyway, um, these are the members of Foxhound. They've taken over Shadow Moses Island. They want the um, remains, remains of Big of Boss. Big Boss. Um, the Colonel does not totally buy this and thinks they're playing at something bigger than just the remains of Big Boss, but we don't know yet, and I genuinely don't remember what their bigger plan is here. Um, There's oh. a scene in the novel, and I think maybe part of the briefing files, that the beginning of Metal Gear Solid is Snake at his house in Alaska mm -hmm. with all of his dogs. Yeah. And the soldiers break in and capture him to take him on this mission. Right. Uh, that's definitely referenced in the briefing files, because I definitely know about that, and I've not read this fucking novel. Though one time you did read this novel to me on the show, I yes. recall. Yes, Um. He punches two guards and says, Merry Christmas, and knocks them out, and then he says, I forgot to tell you, Christmas came early this year. <laughs> um... fuck was I saying? I wanted to quickly lay down a spoiler policy for all things Metal Gear Solid. If you want to tweet about, tweet at me about anything Metal Gear... First of all, don't at you. First of all, never tweet at me. First rule, never do it. Second rule, if you want to talk to me in a Discord or anything, you've now heard my Metal Gear experience, which is I know one pretty well, I know three pretty well, Everything else is either vaguely recalled or totally new, uh, despite the fact that I would call myself a Metal Gear fan. So, Nora, you can spoil whatever you want to spoil. You can tell me whatever you think I is fun. I get to pick what things get the out-of-context reveal and yeah. what things I need you to see when, when they right. happen. You can tell me about Mount Snakemore, and I can be <laughs> like, what the fuck is Mount Snakemore, and we'll get there. <laughs> But then you can, like, if I don't know what exactly Revolver Ocelot's deal is in MGS4, you can withhold that, you know? Like... There's layers. I don't yeah. remember who the philosophers are. Don't tell me that, you okay. know? Okay. Plato, Aristotle, you know? Uh-huh. If you are really close friends with us, like... If you know that you can app... Yeah. Yes. If you have DM'd me and I have responded Ooh. in the last month, <laughs> like if you're close friends with us, you can also maybe selectively spoil me on things. If I, if I, you're not on like those, if you're not on the like top security clearance tiers of friendship, don't fucking tell me anything about Metal Gear. If I have forgotten that there are spiders in Metal Gear. You should let Autumn know about the spiders. I don't think there, there are, are any... no spiders in Metal Gear. I don't know that to be true. If anyone else remembers any, to let them know. For the, for the record, bees are not an issue. I know there's bees in Metal Gear. Beers, bees don't bother Beers. me. <laughs> Beers also don't bother me. Uh, I don't like them, but they don't bother me. Anyway. Podcast. Podcast. 
So, Sahelanthropus, continue. Um, one thing I noticed right off the rip with Twin Snakes is we get a lot more shots in these first two cutscenes of Liquid Snake that's really, like, emphasizing the Twin Snakes, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. aspect of it. Because the title card comes Yeah, from. which is, like... Not a thing I remember being that important until the end of MGS1. Like Not a thing that was important until the end of like MGS4. Right. Like, like it does not matter that they look I th- alike. I think this game in the one of the first cutscenes gives Liquid Snake like five more lines that he doesn't have it before, which like are not consequential because I don't remember what they are. I think those were there before. Okay, I, I could be misremembering. I don't think you saw his face, though. I you feel definitely like... don't see his face. Anyway, <clears throat> you know his his hair is only blonde because he uh, lived in the desert for so long, and it turned his hair blonde. Uh, really? Mm-hmm. Is that it? He was in the Royal Air Force, and so he was right because that's how he met Raiden in the Royal Air Force. No, I thought you're thinking of Solidus. Oh, silly me. Raiden did not ever meet Liquid. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what I mean. He di- until MGS two, he meets Liquid briefly. Right. Okay. Okay. Anyway, um, so we Liquid gets in the hind D. Also, he's going to go shoot down some fighter jets in a helicopter, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Uh, the colonel is running a diversionary tactic. Um, <laughs> something I something I totally forgot is that the colonel's not even really in charge. The secretary of defense is running the operation. Jim Houseman. <laughs> Speaking of Kojima names, Jim Houseman. Yep. The Secretary of Defense is running the operation and is the only person who actually knows what the fuck is going on, which is just a fun bit. I don't know enough about the U.S. government to know if the House of Representatives is related to whatever position you just said this guy was. So, so the Secretary of Defense serves on the President's staff, which is in the executive branch. The House of Representatives is the legislative branch. But so, he does live in the White House. So, Houseman. Yeah. I don't think he lives there, but yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> I just imagined, he works there. I just imagine Jim Houseman living with LBJ. <laughs> you know what the best thing about? Because we were we were watching the last scene of MGS three the other day because I wanted to prove to you, I wanted to. You said that bum 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 you said that's not in mgs3 and i told you yes it fucking is and i was right i was right um and the thing about watching that scene is that imagine maybe you've heard lbj speak before maybe you haven't i haven't uh i have um throw that out because the lbj impression one is terrible, and maybe if you've played MGS3, you remember the LBJ impression being terrible, but the thing you forget is, like, however bad you're imagining it being in your head right now, go watch that scene. It is worse. <laughs> I am go- I am now on the um, 
Lyndon B. Johnson Metal Gear wiki page. Yeah, which is a thing that is exists. Age, 50s. In 1964. They could have looked. He had an age. He's real. He's a real man. <laughs> I hereby in? award you the title of Big Boss. Like, it's worse than that. Um, he was voiced by Richard McGonagall. Uh. <laughs> oh, it's, it lists him twice as Lyndon B. Johnson in Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater and Metal Gear Solid 3 Subsistence. Um. I'm pulling up his IMDb right now to see what else Lyndon B. Johnson has voiced. Okay. Um. I'll keep talking then while you're... Um. Victor Sullivan from Uncharted. Okay. Uh, which I think is a... That's the... That's Sully. That's the... the that's the old guy. That's Bro, the, no one fucking cares about this. <laughs> I was... Two whores in church? What? He has a line about, I'm sweating like the time I brought two whores to church. That's a, the only thing I remember that him ever okay. saying. I was going to say, isn't he kind of look like Bruce Campbell? I don't know. Okay. I don't think about Uncharted. I was, I was going to make a joke. but I'm sorry. I didn't mean to shit on you. I just was <laughs> like, yo, we're an hour into this podcast and one cutscene into the game and we still have to accurately predict the game awards. I just think my one, my one opinion about Uncharted. Mm-hmm. I would like them to re-release those games on the PS4, but replace Nathan Drake with John Drake. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, you do the tutorial stuff. Um, Snake gets on the radio and talks to all his people. I only want to highlight this because... Something I think is fun is that you can totally predict every single twist that's going to happen in the game if you know anything about Metal Gear 2, but this ga but that game didn't come out in America by the time that MGS1 was out, and so people you simply could not have known because you simply would not have played Metal Gear 2. I just think it's interesting. Uh, Metal Gear 2 did establish a lot of the iconic Metal Gear stuff, even though mm -hmm. it never came out in the West. Like the electrified floor is an MG2. Uh, Gray Fox is in established there. Big Boss having a cyber arm is, is there, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, Madnar. I guess maybe you can't predict every twist in this game, but the big thing is that Miller who's actually Liquid Snake, calls you on 141.80, which is the same frequency that um, uh, someone in... Metal, maybe it's Metal Gear 1? Someone... Like, the big boss... Because big boss is talking to you throughout Metal Gear 1 or Metal Gear 2 on 141.80 and then switches over to calling you from a different frequency because it's a different guy talking to you later. I thought... I don't know. I thought there was something where, like, 141.80 is the frequency of whoever ends up betraying you in a previous game. Maybe I'm talking out my ass. Uh, I don't know. 
like, if we were doing this as a real podcast, by the way, 140.85 would be a terrible name for a podcast and also a great name for a podcast. I mean, I pitched our um, Half-Life lore revisitation to, uh, as calling it the Zero Point podcast. Yeah. <laughs> because, for one thing, it's a cool, fun joke about the gravity gun, but also, there's no point to caring about Half-Life lore. No. Though they did announce a new uh, Half-Life game that I don't think is ever going to come out. Oh, it will come out. It'll have fucking, what's his name in it again? Justin Roiland. God. Just like Portal. Um. All I wanted to say is that... Okay, never mind. I thought Madnar was in MGS4, but I guess not. Um. So deep yeah, throat. Deep throat. Um. See, I thought like deep throat called you on the same frequency that Gray Fox called you on in a previous game. I thought, but I'm just totally I mean, wrong. Check the check the the code for MGS2 when deep throat calls you. MGS2. Um, so, Iroquois Pliskin calls you on 141.80, the same frequency that Liquid slash Miller calls you on. So, 140.48 is Mr. X in MGS2. Which turns out to be Olga. Yeah, go back up. What is Deep Throat? Deep Throat is 140.48. Yep, it's the same one. Yeah. Some of these frequencies have cool things. I just think that's a neat little detail that I wish they would do more with sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, 140.85 and 140.96 are the only ones that you need to know. Shout out to Nastasha Romanenko. Nobody gives a shit. No one gives a shit about her. She wrote the book that they talk about in MGS2 briefly, but like other than that, no yeah. one cares. Also, there's no point to ever calling... Fake Miller, because he's only going to tell you about flora and fauna and who gives a shit. <laughs> hey, here's a here's a question I want you to spoil me on. Is Miller actually dead in this game? Yes. Okay, so he's like... The prologue, the prologue uh-huh. of the novel before the scene with Snake in his cabin is of Miller dying. Okay, but I didn't... What I didn't know is, does Miller come back in MGS4 anyway? Miller, no. Okay. But, like... Cause I, Miller, Miller is not important until Peace Walker and Five. Yeah. He comes it, back. Yeah. Like, he was a bit character in this game, and then they brought him back in Peace Walker it, to establish that origin of, like, Kaz being a person who... Well, no, Miller was in one of the Metal Gear 1 and 2, right? Uh, let's see. Metal Gear... One no no Metal Gear two yes. Metal Gear two he is actually in yes so <clears throat> he was not really important until Peace Walker though it feels like Kaz is like a fan favorite character um, which I guess is really only because of MGS five he's I'm not gonna say he's hot in the Phantom Pain but you're gonna think it I wouldn't I'd think. A, Okay, I'm not going to say he's hot in the Phantom Pain. I will absolutely say that Kaz is hot in Peace Walker. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Are you joking right now? 
Oh my word. Oh my good God in heaven. Yeah? <laughs> okay. Uh, Give me I those have, PSP models, baby. I have bad taste in men, as, yes, as we all know. This is true. It's it's bad. Um, oh, yeah, something, speaking of PSP models, something that I really like about Twin Snakes is that um, Metal Gear Solid 1, to me, often exists off in its own Phantom Zone. Mm -hmm. Because, like, graphically, it is so different from MGS 2 and 3. Twin Snakes making it more in the same, like, visual, like, language, or vi visual, like, ballpark is, like, a really nice little thing to just have. I don't think it will replace MGS1 in my life, but it is nice to just see this in, like, more or less the same aesthetic as, like, the meat of Metal Gear, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What also... Also known as Solid Snake, the meat of Metal Gear. Also, what would be really cool would be demakes of MGS 2, 3, and 4 into the PS1 style. Well, I've got good news for you about MGS 4, but we'll get there. Oh, okay. Kind of. Okay. Kind of. If you could get, you could put the polygon head on Old Snake. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty fucking good. <clears throat> um, so oh, it, right, it was uh, Resident Evil 2, the remake. You can have uh, an up-res version of the PS1 model. I do know that. Yeah. Which is pretty fucking great. Her arms don't connect to her <laughs> shoulders. Um, so yeah, you talk to everybody, um, you sneak around, you see a guy piss, you see Meryl. You yeah, you don't have to watch that guy piss, but the person recording it did. Did. Um, we passed over Snake being mega horny. Right. You Which started was the whole talk, point of bringing up this. You like, started play to talk about it, and I, I passed over it because I wanted to like start into like the summary sort of deal. So, the thing about Snake being mega horny in this, right? <laughs> because there's something, mega horny. There's something I noticed that I decided to just not tell you until we were on the podcast because like it doesn't. I don't want to repeat myself too much. Um, you get the scenes with Naomi and Mei Ling where Snake is so over-the-top horny, right? Like, just being like, you want to bang later? You want to fuck? Hey, hey, sexy lady, let's put the penis literally, in. Literally, to quote Metal Gear Awesome, oh my god, hotness, I want to bang you. Yes, yes. He's mega horny. He's mega horny. What is the Pokemon Gigantamax horny? Yeah, Dynamax horny. Dynamax horny. <laughs> Episode 77, Dynamax horny. Um, <clears throat> and, 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 but, uh, genuinely, I have a new conspiracy theory, which is the only reason those scenes are there is they are very forced. They're really laying it on thick with how much Snake loves fucking women, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I believe those are there because the moment he picks up the phone and starts talking to Miller, there's a much more natural horniness. <laughs> like, there's a thirst in that conversation. There's like... There's no one I'd rather have in a foxhole than you. Yeah, and it's like, it is not forced. And so it feels like they wrote that scene with Miller and um, Snake and then like had to put 
backfill a bunch of no homo into the game because like they were like, oh, Snake oh, and Miller and Snake are fucking. <laughs> Snake and Otacon adopt a child together. Yeah. Like, they have to put they, so much no homo into the start of MGS1 just to, like... Like, there's a lot of no homo, and it <clears throat> instantly evaporates as soon as Snake starts talking to Miller because that is thirsty. Miller canonically fucks Big Boss in Peace Walker. They go on a date in their underwear, and then they get into the cardboard box with hearts on it, and then it bumbles around and there's hearts coming out of it. You can also do this with paws. Okay. We stand a bisexual icon. Paws, who is at the time pretending to be a teenager. I thought you were going to say a man. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sorry, I think her name is Pacifica Oceana or something. <laughs> I forget her real name. We'll uh, get there. It sucks. Anyway, in MGS2, you can stand in a locker and jerk off. Yeah. You could jerk off to the sexy lady. Or kiss. I think it's supposed to be kissing the poster. Because you use the zoom. Yes, but in the uh, PS3 HD remasters of MGS 2 and 3, I know this because I watched Drew Scanlon do it at Dan Reichert's behest. If you zoom in enough, you get the achievement Snake Beater. I don't think that's canon. That is canon? <laughs> I don't think that's canon. All I'm saying is, you get the achievement snake beater. I don't think that's canon. Anyway. Snake only fucks Otacon. I don't think snake fucks. I think... I don't think Snake fucks. I think he's extremely homosexual. <clears throat> Do not think he fucks. That's fair. I think I think Snake has a lot of strong feelings about men in his life that he never examines. That he ne he just like feels this way about the men in his life, but he just never thinks about it too much because then he'd have to open some doors and he doesn't want to do that. Are we queering Metal Gear right now? I guess. I don't know. Okay. One of our friends, I think M, but I, not 100% recently said that Miller does not fuck, but Miller absolutely, like, lets himself get beaten up by other men in just his underwear. And, like, yeah, that's where I'm at with Metal Gear right now, is that no one, none of these characters fuck, but they do horny things with each other a lot. Yes. That's true. That's just true. I asked you earlier today... Metal Gear is the horniest thing where nobody fucks. Yes, exactly. I asked you earlier today, um, because I genuinely couldn't remember, d does Ocelot ever betray Big Boss? And you're like, no, absolutely not. Never, ever, ever, ever. And I'm like... That's yeah, the that's whole deal. Yeah, because Ocelot is like 100% in love with him. Okay, yes, yeah. Literally, like... From his POV sees Big Boss and it gets all like blurry and like... Like in, like in a movie, you know, where yeah, where you expect the like love music to play. Also, Big Boss one hundred percent in love with him because while he's talking to Lyndon B. Johnson, all he can think about is <laughs> Revolver Ocelot. Also, 
That scene is good if you imagine it as, like, metaphorically, Big Boss is still on the battlefield, still thinking about Ocelot, still thinking about war. Better if you think about it literally and imagine that Ocelot is standing outside the White House. <laughs> just just, just meowing. <laughs> and the Secret Service somehow hasn't noticed him and thrown him out. No, he's with the Secret Service now. Yeah. Um... <coughs> <coughs> Um, I was just going to say that something about Ocelot, I don't remember, or Big Boss. Should I keep summarizing and maybe you'll remember? Big Boss definitely canonically fucks. We know that. He de- He definitely does fuck. I don't know if he knows what fucking is, but he's that's done what it. I was. That's exactly <laughs> what I was about to say, is that, yes, we know that he has put a penis in a vagina. Well, his pants did stay on the whole time. <laughs> So who knows? Big Boss does not know what fucking is, for sure. Anyway. Anyway. I was going to bring up that Ocelot had, uh, like, gotten his torture kink through Big Boss also. Really? How so? Because he tortures Big Boss. Oh. Because he watches Volgan torture Big Boss. Right, I remembered Volgan and the boss in that scene. I forgot that Ocelot's in that scene. That's too. where the gun came from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, the boss, voiced by the same voice actor who voices Pearl from SpongeBob. Weird. Mm. Anyway, um, boss, boss, <laughs> big boss, the DARPA chief. You knew? (laughs) (laughs) You sneak around the base. You find the DARPA chief. The DARPA chief... He dies. I don't know what happened. Yeah, the... (laughs) (laughs) The DARPA chief... Riding on cars. (laughs) (laughs) That's enough. That's enough Aaron Hansen jokes. We gotta... Aaron, get out of this podcast. (laughs) Get. Um... You sneak around, you find the DARPA chief, he tells you... Real quick, if Aaron Hansen does secretly listen to this and knows that we dunk on him sometimes, you can come on the podcast. Yeah, um, as a person who doesn't watch Game Crumps, really only remembers Aaron Hansen for some videos he made in, like, 2011, um, I do kind of like Aaron Hansen. The most recent thing I watched of his was a Sonic Boom Let's Play that was really funny. Yeah. But also... Remember when Sonic Boom came out? That's how long it's been. So, I don't fucking know. I was working at Toys R Us then. He seems like a nice guy. (laughs) Which was definitely pre-2015. Yeah. Yeah. He seems like a nice enough guy. Sure. Aaron Hansen, come on my podcast. Or retweet it. You don't have to come on. Just retweet it. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Or just cut us a check. I don't care. (laughs) If we're asking for things from people who are more famous and wealthy than us. Cut me the fucking check. I don't give a shit. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to show up. Yeah. You don't have to work. Yeah. Anyway. $20. The DARPA chief tells you that the terrorists have some of the codes they need to launch the nukes, but they don't have all the codes they need. Uh, He tells you that they've been building Metal Gear, which Snake is like, oh, yeah, I've seen a Metal Gear before in two games that Americans would not have played. Well... Metal Gear did come out here. Metal Gear did? <clears throat> the NES version of Metal Gear is very different from the original version. Mm-hmm. 
And we did get a Metal Gear 2. But that is totally non-canon. That is not in... Yeah, it is an American-only game. Okay. Called Snake's Revenge. Right. It <clears throat> uh, has side-scrolling parts, I think. You know what else has side-scrolling parts? Link's Awakening. That game Zelda owns. 2, The Adventure of Link. <laughs> anyway, um... Derp Chief tells you they have some of what they need to launch the nukes. They don't have everything. They're trying to get Metal Gear, but they... They got the DARPA Chief's code. They got the DARPA Chief's code. If you can get some card keys, you can stop them from launching nukes. Specifically, Psychomantis got the DARPA Chief's code. Yes, specifically, Psychomantis broke into the DARPA Chief's mind... With psychic power. With psychic power, and <clears throat> got the codes. Mm-hmm. Um... This is a really long conversation, and none of it sticks out in my memory because I think it is mostly like plot of this Metal game. Metal Gear. Metal Gear. I think it is mostly like plot of this game things, and I mm. don't think there's a lot of like themes here, and I don't think there's a lot of lore here, which would be more the only importantly, th- there aren't very many funny lines. More importantly, the only funny thing he says is something that just keeps coming up throughout this game. Is him calling um, Metal Gear a black project, a which secret is black project, which is just maybe not the exact phrasing that I would be using if I were going to write Metal Gear in 2019. I would simply come up with dark project. Black project just feels weird. <laughs> it's not bad. It's just not the word I would use. Meanwhile, there's a naked man. Meanwhile, there's a naked man in the corner. Uh, that's not. That's in like a minute from now. I don't but, know. Yeah. We're we're giving kind of a play by play here, and that's not really. That's interesting. not really. No, we got to speed it up. We Meryl, look at Meryl's ass. Meryl escapes. Meryl uh, undresses a man and throws him in the corner. Meryl shoots some people. Meryl shoots in the air around Snake in a circle, and Snake does a cartwheel to dodge the bullets. That's and owns. then Snake looks at her ass a bunch. Yeah, Meryl kills a bunch of people after Snake calls her a rookie. Um, he looks at her ass a bunch. Psycho Mantis shows up and basically just, like, is a dickhead. <laughs> I don't remember why Psycho Mantis is there. Snake has a vision where Psycho Mantis turns to Liquid and says, Boss, I have a good idea. Which is <laughs> funny. Also, also, there's something just inherently very funny about, like, they have some dude... Maybe, like, the president of arms tech. I don't remember. They have some dude on the torture table, and they accidentally kill him. And there's something very funny about Liquid, Ocelot, and Psycho Mantis all standing around being like, Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck, we killed him. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, shit. You've killed him. <laughs> <laughs> you fool. My liquid snake. I got all the recessive genes. I got all the recessive genes. It's getting too close to my Skeletor. (laughs) 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 He-Man. Did you like my sunglasses, Snake? (laughs) I just remembered. I live on in this arm. I just remembered what's up with the DARPA chief there. Oh, yeah? I just remembered that's Decoy Octopus. Uh Uh-huh. I just remembered that. Cause, this game is cause dumb. Baker tells you, the president of Armstech tells you that all of the people who know about Metal Gear have psychic implants that uh, would ward them against Psychomantis. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, and I was like trying to remember like, how does that twist work out? Oh yeah, it's just decoy octopus. Which, I would simply have not remembered <clears throat> that twist because I didn't remember decoy octopus existed until you reminded me earlier <laughs> in the podcast. <laughs> I was wondering when you were gonna like put those pieces together. Anyway, uh, you run around and then you do your boss fight with Asula, right? Mm-hmm. That's- and then you have a, f- a cool fight with Gray Fox. Yeah, okay, okay. We're getting into peak, do you remember this shit? Because you have your fight with Ocelot, which is very funny in Twin Snakes, because I remember that fight being super rad in PS1, MGS1. Um, And in this game, since you can just aim down your sights, it's super fucking easy. It's like three headshots and you're done. Yeah, it's three headshots and you're done. And, um... Uh... I remember that scene. I don't know how I misremembered this so poorly, but I remember that scene as you shoot Ocelot and he's like, you win this round, Snake. I'm going to fuck off now. And like runs away. Gray Fox shows up and cuts off his hand. Yeah. <laughs> I totally forgot that. <laughs> I thought that was like one of the last things. That I thought... I thought, like, Ocelot lost his hand in, like, the last scene of the game or something. Not, no, like, I, immediately. You're not going to see Ocelot again except in one very good cutscene. Totally forgot. Totally slipped my mind. <clears throat> and then I forgot that, like, yeah. I forgot about Gray Fox for the most part. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know that... I know that Snake met Gray Fox in Zanzibar Land. I don't remember... I think they had met before that. I think they might have been in the same unit of Foxhound. Yeah, something like or, that. Or something. I think, yeah. He's Foxhound's dark little secret. Eventually we'll get to the part where uh, Big Boss meets Gray Fox for the first time. Yeah. But then you talk to the president of Armstack. After cool Ocelot fight, Ocelot says a lot way, of classic yeah. lines. At one point, Gray Fox shows up as a child with a machete. So you have that to look forward to. He deflects bullets with a machete. His name is Null. Cool. Um, a lot of classic lines in the fight with Ocelot. That game's ambiguously canon, but it's not contradicted. Single action, Colt Army, Revolver. Greatest handgun ever made. Greatest handgun ever made. Six, Six shots. Bullets. More than enough to kill anything that moves. Ah. Uh. Ocelot's so rad. the problem with skipping that boss fight is you don't get all that dialogue. Like, there's nothing like the feeling of sliding a bullet into a well <laughs> yeah. chamber. Yeah, I forgot. <sighs> um, gosh, I just remembered the words "les enfants terribles." Sorry, "les enfants terribles." Les enfants terribles. Uh, anyway, um, we'll get there. Um, yeah. You fight Gray Fox a little bit. You don't fight. The cutscenes play out a fight. And then you get a conversation with the arms tech guy where he just tells you, here are the themes of the video game, Um, which is that nuclear deterrence is a radically destructive uh, policy. Um, They almost... also, Hmm. we don't know what to do with nuclear waste or we're killing the planet. Yes, we're, we don't know what to do with nuclear waste for killing the planet. Nuclear deterrence is a terrible, destructive policy that will le- lead to the extinction of mankind. And I think with the eco- ecology stuff and the next thing I'm about to say, which is that like a heavy critique of the military-industrial complex, because this guy says, 
after the end of the Cold War, budgets were cut, um, and, like, like, this guy keeps talking about his company and how he needs to, like, see better profits this quarter, you know, all these sorts of things. You're almost getting to, like, an interesting critique of how, um, capital is, like, inherently unethical and blah, 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 like... No, you're not. Right. <laughs> if you... If I were writing that scene, if, if... Like, it would be about those things. It would be about, like, how industry is bad. And, like, you could most plainly see how terrible industry is when you look at the military industry, you know? And, like, how arms dealers... Uh, are only looking to turn profits, uh, and they don't care about the human cost of these things. And <coughs> Kojima definitely thinks that is bad, but he can't, like, he's never going to say capitalism is bad, only that the military-industrial complex is bad, and doesn't see how the military-industrial complex is just the, like, the thing that will always happen under capital. <laughs> um... And it's really frustrating about how it's almost getting there. And I know that if I'm getting frustrated about the themes of Metal Gear Solid almost getting there now, I have four more games of this getting much worse. <laughs> you have six more games. I have so much. There's so much more of Kojima. Kojima will just stop getting it at some point. Well, he almost gets it here. He will just stop getting it at some point. Portable Ops doesn't really matter. I don't think Kojima directed that one. Mm. But that is also the easiest one to watch because it's all motion comic stuff and not cutscenes. Yeah, those motion comics are cool. Uh, Big Boss has a vision... Somebody has a vision of Big Boss's future or something like that. Mm. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it's not going to get worse. Three is very weird about states. Yeah. And it really ties in with Death Stranding of, like, what Kojima thinks a country is. Yeah. I... We'll get there when we get to 3. I really... As much as I love MGS3, I've really never got my head around what Kojima is trying to say with that game, and I kind of don't give a shit. <clears throat> I think the reason I'm feeling frustrated by this scene is because he almost gets there. He almost gets to capitalism bad and doesn't quite get there. And it's like a thing I care about, you know? I think when MGS3 biffs it thematically, I'm just like, I don't even fucking know what he's trying to say. Well, we'll see because we'll revisit it now that you're an anarchist. Right. <laughs> but here's the thing is that, like... I remember MGS3 well enough that I feel like I am constantly revisiting it because I'm just going to, like, watch the last scene of MGS3 a dozen times. Like, we watched it last week. We had Eva lay it all out for us, like, last week, and I still don't even really know what's going... I don't really Listen, know... states inherently hurt individuals, but yes. it is a virtuous thing to subject yourself to that torture. So, you know. And Big Boss is trying to create a world... Without states, no. But <laughs> no, he's trying to create a world with one state. No, where soldiers always have a purpose. 
Mm-hmm. The boss wanted a, a world without states mm-hmm. because she went to space and she saw the world without borders and she was like, oh, that's pretty nice. But the I don't think one world. Kojima has the imagination to understand what a world without states means. Hey, neither does anyone else in the games. The whole point of Metal Gear is everyone trying to do what the boss said and fucking it up in their own unique special way. Yes, but... So even Kojima does this, is my point. Yeah, no, what I'm saying is that, like, it would be nice if the boss's ideology were more developed. Oh, whatever. What the fuck ever. Everybody this... always wanted a World War II game where you played as the boss. and that, like... No one wants that. I know people think they want that. No one actually wants that. Nobody wants that from modern Kojima. Like... Yeah. How weird would he be about having a pregnant character in a game i don't know i haven't gotten that far into death stranding yet christ i didn't think about that too (laughs) yeah she gives birth on d-day on the beaches of normandy i just think he wouldn't have anything fucking interesting to say about world war ii i didn't say that he would i know no i think i think that's like mgs3 is like i I need you to forgive me for what I'm about to say, because I'm about to dunk on your favorite are you, thing. Are you going to say MGS3 is an isekai? No. I just thought... MGS3 is the best prequel to anything ever. Um, what? How? MGS3 like is everything I want out of a prequel. What, what does that mean? It's good. I don't know. I'm... It's almost 11. I'm never awake this late. I'm not going to justify... W- okay. I'm not going to justify this. Okay. MGS3 is really good, and it's better than the Star Wars prequels is what I'm saying. No, it's not, but okay. And I don't think... I don't think... Prequels are really hard to get... Here's what I'm saying. Prequels <clears> are really <throat> hard to get right. It is a miracle that MGS3 is as good as it is. Because prequels are very difficult to get right. I'm not saying prequels are always bad. I'm just saying they're difficult. Well, I hope you like prequels because there's going to be a fuck ton of them. Yeah, and here's the thing. I think the reason that, like, Peace Walker... People like Peace Walker. um, Like, I think the reason Peace Walker is beloved is because it's building off of um, MGS3. And... MGS5 at least has the bedrock of MGS3 filling in some of that space, you know? Um, I don't think you could do a World War II game because then you have to do a prequel to the prequel, and prequels are really difficult, so I don't think you can, like, capture the magic of MGS3 a second time. Sure you can. I don't know. It seems... I think MGS3... Volgan's gonna show up as a kid or something. I I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm saying MGS3 is a magical thing, not because I think MGS3 is special. I think MGS3 is really fucking stupid. Sure. I just think it is, like, special that they got MGS3 so right when everything was going against it, I think. I think the moment you say, oh, yeah, I'm going to write a sequel, 60s prequel to Metal Gear Solid, I think you're in, like... Chief, I don't know if this is... I don't know if this is going to shake out. And somehow they stumbled into being, like, maybe the best Metal Gear, you know? I'm not going to argue with you. This um, is not a podcast where we argue about Metal Gear. That's probably for the best. I will try to not argue with you about Metal Gear as much as possible, but <clears throat> I think you're going to be much better at holding up your end of the bargain than I am at mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Our first couple's spat is about... 
Whether MGS3 or 4 is better. <laughs> MGS4 is a better prequel. To what? Revengeance, obviously. At <laughs> <laughs> neither Nora or at Zoetics, that's poetics spelled with an X at the front. Medium.com slash at Nora F. Blake. Medium.com slash Zoe Mars. X O E M A R S. That's my Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Allison underscore coffee. A L I S O N underscore coffee. Uh, there you'll find my podcasts. Um, this one is the main one going right now just because we've been having so many difficulties, but we're getting back in the rhythm of things. Mm-hmm. We're recording Titans tomorrow. We're recording Titans tomorrow. We're also going to go watch Dr. Sleep, so I don't know if we want to wait and talk about Dr. Sleep on Titans or something. That might be fun. Aeroplane came out on Monday. Hell yeah. Um, we are going to move Aeroplane to a three-week schedule, but um, this because we missed a week... Uh, <clears throat> Only yesterday is going to come out two weeks from now. You're just going to re- get back on track. We're going to... Yeah. I kind of regret that choice. I kind of wish I'd said three weeks. But whatever. You know. Coward Hour also missed a week because I sent my laptop off to get it repaired. Uh, not realizing that basically everything that everyone is expecting from me is on that machine. And I can't fulfill any of my obligations. But I'm not anxious about that. No. I don't have an outstanding Kickstarter to work on or anything. No. No, that's not me. Uh, anyway, um, Coward Hour missed a week. We're not going to alter our schedule to make up for that. We're just going to put out the Pontypool episode two weeks after the Blair Witch Project episode should have come out. So look forward to that. Blair Witch will come out when it's ready, when my laptop comes back. And the December episodes, we are recording early. We've recorded one on Krampus and... Soon, I think next week, we're going to be recording on Black Christmas. Yeah. So, emails, send them in, get them in. Uh, I eat them all up. Yum, yum, yum. Yeah. And now, chapter two. Chapter two of the podcast. <clears throat> uh, so, if you if that's all you wanted, you can sign off now. We're going to keep podcasting. We're going to keep podcasting. Last year, I do recall <clears throat> that our Keeley's segment was one of the most... Genuinely, newbie for the Artemis Fowl fanfic, one of my favorite episodes of Export Audio. One of the most energized ones. I think this year's Keeley's predictions are going to be a little little, more subdued because it is 11 p.m. and I did wake up at 3 (laughs) a.m. Yeah, you did With five hours of sleep. So, welcome to the Control Awards. Welcome to the Death Stranding Awards. Death Stranding... Vote for Control. Vote for Control... Everybody should vote for Control. I'm going to sign in to vote tomorrow, and I'm going to just vote for Control in every category. This website doesn't load on my phone, and I don't have a computer, so I'll let you do that. Um, um, you know, uh, much has been said of this. I don't think we need to rehash this. Death Stranding was nominated in literally every single available to be nominated in. Mm-hmm. Um... Death Stranding, known for being, I think, premiered at the Game Awards at one point. Yes. Also, Jeff Keighley just deep-throating Kojima every year. Yeah. This is, uh, you know, I think uh, Jackson had a popular tweet going around that, like, this is a very damned-if-you-do, damned-if-you-don't situation because if Death Stranding wins everything, then Jeff Keighley... uh, 
you know, looks like a goddamn fool for letting Kojima run his award ceremony, and if Death Stranding doesn't win every single award, then Jeff Keighley looks like a goddamn fool for gassing up Death Stranding so much. Mm-hmm. The answer um, will be Death Stranding will win some, but not all of the awards it was nominated for. Yes, yes. Do you want to start with this? So, the top... At the top of the page is Game of the Year. I want to... Let's save Game of the Year for last. How does that sound? Best action game. Uh, I'm going to quickly look at... Oh, Jesus. The categories are poorly organized. There's 78 categories. Categories are poorly organized, so we're just going to skip... Game of the Year, and we're just going to go down this yeah. list from okay. here, circle back to Game of the action Year. Action game. For the best game in the action genre, focused primarily on combat, we have Apex Legends, Astral Chain, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Devil May Cry 5, Gears 5, Metro Exodus. I don't have a strong feeling here. I feel like none of these are breakaway hits in a big way. Apex is very, very popular. Uh, Devil May Cry 5 also very popular. I'm thinking Apex. But Astral Chain also had like a weird groundswell? Uh, I don't think... Here's the thing is that Astral Chain... We've got a lot of shooters here. We've got a lot of people out there who are going to vote for Astral Chain because it's platinum. There's a, there's a lot of shooters here, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that Astral Chain is in the same genre as Devil May Cry 5. And of these two, I think Devil May Cry 5 was much more popular. Yeah. Sure. So I think that if it goes to one of these two, it'll be Devil May Cry 5, but I think it's going to be Apex. It's, it's probably going to be Apex. Yeah. Um, Action-adventure game. For the best action-adventure game, com- combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving, Borderlands 3, not how I would characterize this game, but okay, Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, The Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening, and Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. I think... Uh, I, honestly, you could make a case for any of these games except Borderlands or Link's Awakening. Um, I think Control's probably going to take this one. I feel like Zelda defines action-adventure, though. That's true. I just don't think they're going to give it to the remake when there's these other, like, Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2. Well, that's also a remake. But And Sekiro. I feel like these are much flashier games. I can see this going to Control as the runner-up when Death Stranding gets Goaty. Maybe. I think it's Sekiro. uh, Sekiro is also... Because here's my reasoning is Control will get best art direction. Oh, for sure. Instead of this. Not get this instead of Game of the Year. I I love Control. It's one of my favorite games. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think Keeley's going to let it win Game no. of the Year. I would love for it to. No. I think maybe you're right. I think maybe this is going to go to Sekiro. But uh, you know what? Fuck it. Dragon Age Inquisition got Game of the Year. What came out that year? Fucking Dragon Age Inquisition. <laughs> Giant Bomb gave it to fucking Shadow of Mordor that year. Oh, right. That's <laughs> the worst year in video games. That was... That was 2014. That was the worst year in video games and the worst year in uh-huh. video games. Um, Next up. We art direction. For art outstanding direction. creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. I think Control wins, but I think Death Stranding makes a good case. Death Stranding, Gris. Control, Death Stranding, Gris. Sayonara, Wild Hearts, Sekiro. And Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Uh, I think... 
I think Link's Awakening could also... I think Link's Awakening could be a sleeper hit here, but I think Control's going to take this. I think that's, like, the thing for Control, in my opinion, yeah. is, like, the design and everything. Audio design, Modern Warfare Control, Death Stranding, Gears 5, Resi 2, and Sekiro, I think... Control. Control. Yeah, um, I was going to say Control. Because, like... Like, just... The all of the powers and the sounds they make when you throw people around and like everything in there, it's just also remember the ashtray maze. Oh, yeah, it'll win for the ashtray maze, like, yeah, it'll okay. win visual for that, yeah, obviously, yeah, 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 yeah. okay. Um, community support Apex, Destiny 2, FF14, recognizing a game for outstanding community support, transparency, and responsiveness. Weird, weird category. Weird. Specificity. Given that some of these uh, have really vague categories, weird, like very, like weird specificity on community best, support. Best PR. Yeah. Apex, Destiny 2, FF14, Fortnite, Rainbow Six Siege. I think Siege. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I think this is the thing that Siege is known for. Yeah. Like, I think. I think all these games actually have, like... Like, I also could be convinced that it would be FF14. Um, I keep thinking that this picture they're using for FF14 <clears throat> is of Noctis. <laughs> um, I think all of these games are really well-known. I think, like... Siege came out, like, three years ago and is still in this category for best support. The, the thing that throws me off is transparency and responsiveness... Which is which makes me feel like Apex is going to. That's take fair. It. Yeah, like if Apex. It's, if it's purely like gamer babysitting. Yeah. I feel like Apex is going to do that. Yeah. Content creator of the year, we have Courage, Doctor Lupo, Ewok, Grefg, Shroud, and Adamska. You don't know that one of those was fake, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. I don't know. Anything about <laughs> that kid has a monster fat face yeah. mask. Okay, here's the thing. So I looked at I don't know any of these people, but I saw this award get announced on Twitter, and I clicked on Ewok's profile only because I was like, oh, you actually have at Ewok, not like at Ewok underscore or just sure at Ewok. I was like, oh, I I just was curious because they actually had that at. I can't. Tell, I think they are a genderqueer teenager. Okay. They're, they had a pinned tweet where they were painting um, a blue and a pink arrow on their wall, and then they mixed the blue and the pink paint and made a, a circle around it. And I it looked like gender was happening. Mm-hmm. Couldn't tell. They also had 14 at the start of their bio, so I think they're 14. Yeah, that's usually what that means. And I, it feels I have, weird to nominate a 14-year-old for this kind of award. Like, it feels weird. We, at some point... Not for this kind of award, for, like, an award. Yes. At some point, we all need to have a conversation about, like, um, the way that we're all just kind of okay with child labor in streaming. Like... Uh-huh. We should all have that conversation... Uh, I don't know where to start because I'm really not engaged with Twitch as a scene at all, but, like, if this person is 14, 
they're engaging in child labor, and Twitch is profiting off of that, and, like, that is just a thing that we should talk about. Maybe. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> um... Anyway, I'm really Shroud looks like the person who would say the N-word, so I'm betting it's Shroud. Which one is most likely to... This is mean. <laughs> last time we had one of these um, awards last year, uh, the guy immediately cheated on his wife. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 I'm just... Listen. So I'm just... I was going to ask which one of these looks most like they would cheat on their wife. That's a mean thing to ask about just what people's faces are looking like. I don't know anything about these people. <clears throat> I, I know literally nothing except the pictures I'm looking in front of me and what I just said about Ewok. I'm looking at Shroud and I think that's a guy who's going to accidentally say a slur. I, he's got the face. I'm sorry, if you're Shroud. listening, I'm sorry that my wife is like this. Uh, Shroud, if you're an ally, at me, I guess. Are you clicking Shroud? I think that's just clicking to vote. You're making Shroud's <laughs> face bigger every time you click. Um, esports coach, do we have anything to say about this? No. We're going to scroll past some of these esports categories, I think. Yeah, we don't really. Well, I'm scroll back up to... Uh... Wasn't the 2019 Overwatch League Grand Finals, didn't people get excited about that? I don't know. I, I, Evo I, I vote for League of Legends. I like League of Legends. It's a good, good video game. I mean, I would vote for Evo every year. I think, yeah, sure. That I think sense. Evo had a little bit of a muted response this year. Um, Only because, like, last year was particularly, like, yeah, popular. Yeah, yeah. Evo 2018, which is actually the first time I hadn't watched in, like, five years. And Evo 2018 did not win this award last year. Really? Yeah. Even though Sonic Fox did win. Yeah. Sonic Fox won, like... Esports Gamer of the Year or whatever. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Did they? Yeah. I, th I thought that the whole thing people were upset about was that Sonic Fox didn't win. Yeah, they weren't in um, the same category as Dr. Disrespect. No, not that. I don't give a shit about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that Sonic Fox... I don't... Whatever. We're not gonna... Esports, we accurately predicted this last year. Esports Game listen. of the Year. League of Legends. Next. Uh, we have CSGO, Dota 2... Fortnite, League, Overwatch. No Siege. No, I don't even know, like, what's popular in esports these days. League of Legends has, like, 14 million players. Yeah, I guess League is going to win this, I guess. It's I don't know. It's probably League or Dota 2. I feel like recent events might color the amount of votes that Blizzard games get. Yeah, like, I was. <laughs> my initial thought was... Overwatch. Very popular. Very popular. I don't think Overwatch is going to win, given all the Hearthstone stuff. You know how gamers are. Um, you had a thought about esports hosts. I don't know if you want to repeat it on the podcast. Oh. The only person to ever call me a slur is an esports host? Yeah. Yeah. He's not on this list. Okay. You, ha you used to be friends with a guy who called you a slur mm -hmm. and is like, a well-known esports host now. Well-known to a, di a completely different sphere of existence. Yes. 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 It, to some <laughs> people is a well-known... A well-known um, esports shoutcaster is what I believe they're called. Yeah. Uh, esports player... Um, <clears throat> I, don't. I don't see anyone I recognize because I don't see any... Uh, FGC people here. We've got a Fortnite player, a League player, a League player, a CSGO player, and an Overwatch player. 
I don't see any FGC people, so I don't know any of them. Yeah. So I don't have anything to say. Not really anything. Esports team? I don't have anything to say about this either. Yeah, no. I'm uh, coming up playing on this one. Family <laughs> game. We were looking at... We skimmed the nominations. Like, I don't even know why Family Game is the one we looked at. But literally all of these are Nintendo games. Literally every single one. <clears throat> so, which is your favorite Nintendo game of this year? Luigi's Mansion 3, Ring Fit Adventure... Mario Maker 2, Smash Ultimate, or Yoshi's Crafted Smash World. Takes it. Smash. Mario. You know, well, yeah, no, Mario Maker's Smash. a big stream hit, though. That's my thought, was that, like, Mario, might, Mario Maker might be a better family game than Smash. I mean, Smash honestly, is. if I'm actually looking at this as family game, I give it to Ring Fit. Yeah. But I'm betting it's Smash. I'm betting it's Smash. Yeah. Best fighting game designed primarily around head-to-head combat. Dead or Alive 6, Jump Force, Mortal Kombat 11, Samurai Showdown, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, some of these games are trash. Yeah. Um, I think Here's the thing. I think Mortal Kombat is going to get it, and I hate that. Sam Show is really popular. Is it? Uh, <clears throat> well, Sam Show is certainly not as popular as... Um, Mortal Kombat 11. My general impression from having a couple friends who are in the FGC is that, like, if you like fighting games, Sam Show's a pretty good game. There's, like, really good footsies in that game. There's, like... Like, it seems like Sam sure. Show is a well-regarded game, even Here's if it's not the most popular one. Let me break this all down for you. Nobody's happy with Smash. Everyone hates Smash and plays a lot of it. Nobody gives a shit about Dead or Alive. Nobody thinks about Dead or Alive. Nobody gives a shit about Jump Force. I think about Dead or Alive purely because uh, Darth Maul is in the movie. No, uh-huh. is that King of Fighters? I can get those mixed up. Anyway, uh, nobody cares about Dead or Alive. Nobody cares about Jump Force. I think it's Mortal Kombat because that's what Sonic Fox plays. Is Sonic Fox playing Mortal Kombat 11 now? I don't really keep up with them. I follow their Twitter. I follow their Twitter too, but I only <laughs> look at the uh, tweets that are about being gay. We have Fresh Indie Game presented by Subway. <laughs> Fucking incredible. Uh, this is presented to the um, developers. I'm just going to read the names of the games. Uh, but keep in mind that it's presented to the, the devs because that's going to color my perception of what wins this. Um, we have the developers of Disco Elysium, Gris, Grease? Gree? Gree. I think it's Gree. I think it's Gree. Uh, Greece. My friend Pedro, Outer Wilds, Slay the Spire, and Goose Game. Um, I, I think Goose if, Game wins. I think if it was presented to Best Indie Game, it would go to Goose Game. Uh-huh. I think Slay the Spire might take this because it had a really well-regarded um, early access period. Even after the beta, um, they're doing continuous updates. I think people might be like, you know, Outer, so, Outer Wilds. The description says, recognizing a new independent studio that released its first game in 2019. Right, and I think I, I really like Outer Wilds a lot. I, Outer Wilds, much better than Slay the Spire, which is saying a lot coming from me, a person who has 500 hours in Slay the Spire. Um, like, Outer Wilds came out and is done. I think if you're awarding it to a studio, people might pick Slay the Spire because of the ongoing development aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my thought. Because if it was just the game, I think Goose Game would take There's this. also the fact that Gree might win. Gree might win, too, because Gree is... 
I think, yeah, Green might win. I don't know anything about that game. I think I've heard somewhere that it was like... I heard somebody talk about it dismissively as being about vague feminine trauma and don't know anything more about it than that. Yeah. I genuinely, I don't know anything about that game. I probably listened to a podcast about it six months ago and thought, oh, that sounds kind of interesting, but I don't think I'm going to play it and never thought about it again. Game Direction, awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Sekiro, Outer Wilds. Um, so I think Death Stranding is going to take this because Kojima made it. Yeah, but... But I could... Control. Control. You know, if you create a vision and innovation, like, I feel like Control has that in spades. Like, I feel like Control, like... I think Control's just good, you know? It's really good. I think that the way that it delivers on its themes and its story... Like mechanically, like formally delivers things and yes. like presents story to you, is really great and fun. Uh, so that's why I would, I would vote for control. I also, I want to acknowledge um, Outer Wilds. I think could be a sleeper here, because I think Outer Wilds has a lot of the things you were just saying about control. The story is delivered in a really interesting way. You know. Yeah, a lot of the, like, formally, a lot of the things mm-hmm. you were just saying. I also think, um, and I want to, I want to say here, I'm really not as high on Outer Wilds as some folks have been. Um, I picked it up because I was listening to Waypoint Radio and Austin was just being, like, so effusive about it. And it really, like, got to me and I decided, you know, I'm going to give this a shot. Um, and I'm not as high on it as Austin is. I'm not as high on it, um... Our friend Riley told me that, like, it's maybe the most impactful game they've ever played, you know? Uh, Outer Wilds is not that for me. I think it is a, like, wholly unique experience in games that I've never had before. Like, I've never played anything that's quite like Outer Wilds. Uh, I can't even, like... I couldn't even tell you, like, what the inspirations, what the antecedents are. Like, Outer Wilds is really something else, and I think, like... In the category of game direction specifically, Outer Wilds could sneak up on people and take this. Because of, like... But they're going to play 30 seconds of the seven minutes of cutscenes that exist in Death Stranding, and that's going to be the winner. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Here we go. I I tweeted about this. I've watched three cutscenes now from uh, Death Stranding, and, like... I hate how the camera moves through those cutscenes. Mm-hmm. K- Kojima, throughout his career, has done this. Like, going back to Metal Gear Solid 1, has done this. But he is very plainly just chasing, like, film trends of the last, like, five years with Death Stranding. And it is very plain to me. And it is very plain to me because I'm a person who has not watched many films of the last five years because I found a lot of the, like, camera work trends really irritating. (laughs) But gamers don't watch movies except for Marvel. Also, another thing that is very plain to me uh, is that uh, Kojima is not as interested in film as he once was, uh, as evidenced by casting 
Norman Reedus and Mads Mikkelsen, now his primary interest is television um, and, like, the HBO prestige drama sort of, like, that genre of thing. And the camera work in uh, Death Stranding so far is very television. Um, and camera work is not the reason I watch television shows. <laughs> it's just not. We need to talk about this next kind Okay, Games for Impact. I'm going to read this thought-provoking game with a pro-social meaning or message. Please tell me what the words pro-social mean. Games for impact. What is pro-social mean? Games for mean? killer impact. King of fighters. <laughs> Double impact? Killer instinct. Double impact. What is the impact? King of fighters. Okay, never mind. Jokes, folks. <laughs> Third strike? They're hard to do sometimes. You talking about Third Strike? Concrete Genie, Gree, Kind Words, Life is Strange 2, Sea of Solitude. Uh, <clears throat> sea of Solitude, I remember not being well received. Life is Strange 2 is not very popular at Isn't all. Isn't Sea of Solitude the one where you, the character has like an evil version of themselves that's black? Maybe. In the picture right there. I, I, I don't know. I remember I it being very poorly received. That's yeah. all I remember about it. Kind Words... I remember being well received and sounded like like one of the most saccharine terrible things I'd ever heard of and so I could definitely <clears> see <throat> kind words win winning this. Is that the one that we talked about this before off mic? Like somebody recommended it to you or you read a recommendation on Twitter somewhere and then somebody else told you that it was overly saccharine or something? Uh I I don't know if okay. you're You'd have to be more specific. This I don't, sounds like I can't be more specific. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, um <clears throat> I could see kind words winning this uh because it really someone described to me how it worked and it really sounded like it's only a matter of time before you play kind words and come across like holocaust deniers in your DMs basically. <laughs> like because you can just it's supposed to be, like, I write, I'm having a problem, and I send it out into the world, and, like, someone else connected to the game can write me a message back, you know? And it's supposed to be, Oh, it's like, a strand game. It is a strand game. And I, I'm probably misunderstanding the premise and misremembering the premise, but, like, um... My recollection is that, like, yeah, you just, like... I'm feeling really stressed today, and someone says, I hope tomorrow's better, and, like, it really feels like bad actors could just waltz in there, and, like, they have filters on the things you can say, but, like, your filters are only so good. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think that Gree probably takes it. I, I would probably agree with you if I knew anything about Gree. Life is Strange 2 does not seem to have the fandom that Life is Strange has, which... You know. Yeah. Best indie game. Baba is You, Disco Elysium, Katana Zero, Outer Wilds, Goose Game. Uh, I think there are a lot of strong contenders here. I think Goose Game takes it. Yeah. Yeah. I think... Baba is You may be a sleeper hit. Yeah, Baba is You. Like, Baba is You maybe gets the second most votes. Like, Disco Elysium could sneak up on people. people Outer really Wilds like. gets 12 votes from Austin Walker. But, like, Goose Game... 
was the big meme hit game. Everyone loves Goose Game. Best mobile game for the best game playable on a dedicated mobile device. Call of Duty Mobile, Grindstone, Sayonara Wild Hearts, Sky Children of the Light, and What the Golf. Uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts, I think, is probably going to take it because that's the most, like, a regular video game. Also, that's the one I've heard of. Uh, Patrick Lepic really likes Grindstone. People have been talking about Sayonara Wild Hearts the last couple weeks. Uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts, I thought, was just a console game, and so that's why I think Sayonara Wild Hearts will win it. Sure. Um, multiplayer game. Apex, Borderlands 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Tetris 99... The Division 2. That came out this that year. That came out this year. <laughs> Apex is going to win this, right? I, I, You know what? Randy might pull a trick. Randy could pull a trick. It might be Randy's trick. <laughs> <laughs> you, I'm never ready for Randy's trick. <laughs> In, uh, narrative. This is the funniest category. This is the For a, a, a reason or two. A Plague Tale Innocence. That game sounded kind of interesting, and then I never heard anything else about it. Outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. We have A Plague Tale Innocence, Control, Death Stranding, Disco Elysium, The Outer Worlds. Here's the problem. Outer Worlds is probably going to take it. Yes. And it doesn't fucking deserve it. Control kicks the shit out of Outer Worlds. Also, Disco Elysium sounds really cool. I don't know much about it. I haven't played it, but like... You know, if someone wanted to make a passionate argument for me to me about Disco Elysium, I'd be willing to listen to it. But Control <clears throat> is... The narrative is the thing. It's the best part about that game. I wanted to read every single document. I never want to read documents in video games. Let me tell you, reading documents sucks, but I wanted to, like, 100% find everything in Control. Jesse Control, protagonist of the year. Yeah. Also, Outer Worlds just oscillates between... Pretty well-written character stuff, and just the driest, most cynical, like, shit in the rest of the game. And, like, I wrote about it. I don't need to talk about it. You can read it on my medium. Um, I didn't realize... I think Control should win. I think Outer Worlds will win. We Next, we have Ongoing Game, which I didn't realize was a separate... I figured community support and ongoing game no. would be one category. Community support is gamer babysitting. I would like to revise my vote. I think Apex will win uh, community support. I think Siege will win ongoing game. FF14 had a new expansion. Yes, but... Also, F- Fortnite had <laughs> the black hole. <laughs> I'm not saying... I definitely... I, Destiny 2 had a big expansion, too. Like, you know. If any of these games won, I wouldn't be shocked. I just think Siege will take it, because Siege is, like, shockingly still a game that... Like, it's FF14. Square Enix is going to support it into forever. Like, it is genuinely shocking that people like Siege as much as they do. I think we're all constantly (laughs) surprised by the popularity of Siege, and that uh, this will take it because everybody's like, Good for you, Siege! Yeah, good Just for like you. everyone uh, at the end of Marielda. Good for you, Siege. Um, <laughs> performance awarded to no an one individual says that. for voiceover, <laughs> acting, motion, and or performance capture. We have Ashley Butch as Parvati. Birch. What did I say? You said Butch. <laughs> Ashley Birch. <laughs> Ashley Birch as Parvati in the Outer Worlds. 
Courtney Hope as Jesse Faden in Control, Laura Bailey as, I can't read from here. Kate Diaz in mm-hmm. Gears 5, Mads as Cliff from Death Stranding. Oh, is that his name? Spoilers, I didn't get that far. I know him as the mysterious man, according to my mission objective. Matthew Peretta as Dr. Casper Darling, and Norman oh, yes. Reedus as Sam Porter Bridges. Let's go, darling. Let's fucking go. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I also think he has a pretty good chance of winning this. Yeah. I think he has a really good chance of winning this. It also, I would fucking love if he win. I would lose my mind. That's, I love him. He's really, really good. He's the, he's the best part of that game. That game has a lot of good parts. Darling is my favorite part. Yes. Trench, is, Trench is an underrated part of... I really like... Trench is really good. <laughs> um. Hello, listeners. Uh, I don't know what you heard last. We cut out briefly, um, so I'm just picking it back up from where we left off. We were talking about how... Darling. Who darling, is, of course, our darling. Yes, our darling for ongoing game. Nope. <laughs> for performance? How did I do that? <laughs> what wires crossed in my brain? <laughs> Y'all, it is 11.30 p.m. Anyway. I do not remember the last time I was up this late. <laughs> anyway, ro- best role-playing game. For the best game design with rich player character customization and progression, including massively multiplayer experiences, we have Disco Elysium, Final Fantasy XIV, Kingdom Hearts Three, Monster Hunter World, Iceborne, not the category I would put this in, and The Outer Worlds. Um, Outer Worlds is going to win. I think... I think Disco Elysium. I definitely... My first thought was Disco Elysium. I would love if it was Disco Elysium. I just think Outer Worlds... Outer Worlds is weirdly, like, popular. I don't know. Yeah. Outer Worlds is popular in a way that Disco Elysium is not. None of this matters because Kingdom Hearts 3 uh, should win this. It's, like, the second or third best Kingdom Hearts game. I fucking love Kingdom Hearts 3 so fucking much. Kingdom Hearts 3 is so fucking good. Okay. I love it. You didn't play it. Yeah, dog. I don't (laughs) play any of these games. They suck. Why would you play them? Okay, whatever. (laughs) I watched it the way Kingdom Hearts is supposed to be experienced. We're moving on to the next category. This is not a podcast where we argue. Score and music for outstanding music inclusive of score, original song, and or licensed soundtrack. That should be a distinction. They should yeah. have best use of licensed music and best original score. I that agree. It should be two different categories. I agree. Because that's... It's I bullshit. agree. It's bullshit. <clears throat> because Cadence of Hyrule, yeah, obviously everybody's... I think... Okay, I'll read the I'll read the nominees. Cadence of Hyrule, Death Stranding. I don't know anything about Death Stranding. It has lots of licensed music in it. That's the point. It has like okay. a fucking whole church's album in there. Weird. Okay. Cadence of Hyrule, Death Stranding, Devil May Cry 5, Kingdom Hearts 3, Sayonara Wild Hearts... Um, hey, are we going to count that Kingdom Hearts 3 just plays Let It Go at some point? Because if we're counting that, like, Kingdom Hearts 3 gets my vote, I guess. I really like Let It Go. <laughs> Devil Trigger's a great song. <laughs> um, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it's, I don't care it's, what... It's fucked. I don't care what your vote is. Like, I don't care... People could make a case for any of these games. Um, One of these games has cool, like, modern but old-sounding remixes of Zelda songs. Are you fucking kidding me? Obviously, Cadence of Hyrule is going to win. You know what should be on this list and isn't? Huh. Probably because it came out too late. Jedi Fallen Order. Really? 
most of that music is not loops of music from the movies the way that the old video games would would do. But it does sound like Star Wars. That's cool. It's a lot of new motifs and new music, but it does sound exactly like it belongs in a Star Wars movie. I think yeah. the score in that game is fucking great. People fucking love the music from Necrodancer. Rightfully so. It's great. I thought you were going to say the music from Star Wars. Well, yes. People do love the music from Star Wars. People love the music from Necrodancer. Remember when now, Imperial I, March plays over Lyndon B. Johnson giving Big Boss an award? I haven't even played Cadence of Hyrule yet. I know I would really like it because I really mm-hmm. like Necrodancer and I really like Zelda. Uh, one of these games includes Necrodancer style remixes of all the Zelda songs you like. Of course, Cadence of Hyrule is going to win. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you joking right now? Cadence of Hyrule has already won. Good, good day to you, Death sir. Death Stranding has like two Churches albums in it. Churches is pretty good. Yeah, but it Churches is like good Imagine Dragons. Am I remembering that? No, Bastille is good Imagine Dragons. Okay. Traverches is Traverches is Imagine Dragons, but like at point six speed. <laughs> right. Okay. Sports slash racing game, because those are the same thing. For the best traditional and non-traditional sports and racing game. Wow, cool. Great category. Yeah. Crash Team Racing, Nitro Fueled, Dirt Rally 2.0, eFootball Pro Evolution. It's PES. It's F1 2019. Oh, it's, it's FIFA 20. <clears throat> is WWE in this category? God. <laughs> I don't fucking know. WWE 2K20 should be in this category, right? No. I'd vote for that. No. Okay, fine. No fun. Anyway, I guess F1 2019 will probably win this. No, FIFA. Maybe. FIFA's really popular. Or FIFA's really popular. Rob talked about, like, F1 making a lot of good improvements this year, I think. Yeah, but Rob Zachary is not a uh, canary of popularity (laughs) in a video game. I guess... What if Pest takes it? Fine. <laughs> Konami's like, what? We made a video game? <laughs> Shit. Somebody cut the... <laughs> um, I'm going to make sure we're still recording. We are. Uh, scroll up. Scroll up. Strategy game. Focused on real-time or turn-based strategy gameplay, irrespective of platform. Age of <laughs> Wonders Planetfall, Anno 1800, Fire Emblem Three Houses, weirdly a game that wasn't nominated in every category. Total War Three Kingdoms, Tropico Six, and I accidentally scrolled up Wargroove. Wargroove. Hey, how come Fire Emblem wasn't nominated for Best Narrative? Okay, I have a couple things. I don't War- think it would win, but like it should be on that list, right? I'm in a weird place in my life right now. I really You're like- engaged. Yes, I really, 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 really like strategy games. I'm a big strategy game fan, actually. But I am also... A coward. No. I hate PC gaming now. Like I said. My friends bought me a PS4 and I just kind of reached a moment in my life where I'm like, thank God I never have to play a game on PC again. And so I don't have a good sense of like what's popping here. So your favorite strategy game is Halo Wars 2. Because you can play it on a console. Phil, give Phil. us give us Halo. Give us Halo. Anyway, you can play Solaris um, on console, I think too. I really 
Total War Three Kingdoms seems really rad. That game got surprisingly popular. Three Kingdoms was like a big hit. I don't Total... think surprisingly. Fire Emblem's been popular for a while. No, Three Kingdoms. Not Three Houses, Three Kingdoms. Think, oh, <laughs> Total War, like, sometimes Total War hits and sometimes Total War misses, and I never really know... <clears throat> How's that Total War Warhammer coming out? Exactly. They made a second one? Yeah. Totaler Warhammer. Anyway, like, Three Kingdoms was a surprising hit. Um, Wargroove seems really cool. Like, looking at this art, I like it, but I don't know what that game is. It's like a very, it's very much like, they're not making Advance Wars anymore? Well, allow me, I'll make an Advance Wars, is what I understand about that game. Advance Wars is one of those things that everyone around me liked when I was younger, but uh, I never played myself. Uh, but one of these games is Fire Emblem Three Houses. Are you kidding? Fire yeah. Emblem Three Houses is going to win. I am really shocked that given... It feels like Three Houses was the most popular game this year. I know that's not, like, numerically true, but it feels like Fire Emblem Three Houses... In terms of houses. fandom, that's a different thing from, like... Right. Yeah. And, like, I guess fandom spaces are more what I'm tuned into. Yes. You know? Like, yeah. no one's tweeting about how good sales, Modern Warfare yeah. is. You no, know? No one in our circles is, like, tweeting about sales. Yeah. Or, or numbers. It's like... Here's some fucking Edelgard porn, bitch. Yeah. Right three, here on your timeline. Three Houses was just such a massive hit, and I'm surprised it wasn't nominated in more than it's this. It's like, I don't know that it wins Best Narrative. It should be on that fucking list. Also, it's shocking... It's shocking that it's not in strategy and in RPG, you know? Yeah. I don't understand why you couldn't just nominate this in two different genres, because it really feels like it straddles that line. <clears throat> But yeah. the nice thing about putting this in strategy, in RPG, it might have some competition. In strategy, it's going to sweep this. Like, no question. Uh, VR. VR game. Who fucking cares? Asgard's Wrath, Blood and Truth, Beat Saber, No Man's Sky, Trover Saves the Universe. I've heard of Beat Saber, and I've heard of No Man's Sky. Beat Saber has uh, This Will Be the Day and Red Light Roses Part 2. So you want to get a VR headset? No. <laughs> Where the fuck would we put that? Anyway, we've reached the bottom of the page. It's time to scroll up. It's time for the game of the year. Game of the year. Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Sekiro, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, or The Outer Worlds. Death Stranding's <sighs> going to win. I think Outer Worlds is going to win. Like, I just have this, I sense a disturbance in the force that The Outer Worlds will win. I hate it. I want Control to win because that's the real answer here. I mean, honestly, my... Can my, I? my realist answer, first of all, Bloodstained, nowhere in this award ceremony. Mm -hmm. That's fucked. That's fucked. That should be an action-adventure? Yeah. Or RPG? Okay. Like, well, this leads me to, I have not played <sighs> Resi 2 yet. I think I would really like Resi 2. Um, I'm probably going to finish up 7 and 4 and perhaps 1 before I get to Resi 2. Because the other thing about Resi 2 is... So like, you will be playing Resi 2 by around the time... The Great Gundam Project finishes. Yeah. Um, the other thing about Resi 2 is that when I finally get around to it, I will be purchasing it used because I don't want to support, um, you know, the bad labor practices around it. I know it's, like, maybe a moot point, but, like, I will be purchasing it used. That's the thing I'm going to be doing. Here's the thing. The only way to play a video game and not in any way support the, develop the developers, publishers, whatever... Piracy doesn't work because they're going to watch the numbers on piracy and use that as data 
mm. to further sell their games. You gotta physically fucking steal a disc. Yeah. You gotta punch through a window and steal some discs. Yeah. Anyway, Resi 2 seems also really play cool. Also playoff line. <laughs> Resi 2 seems really cool. Yeah. Uh, I am excited to play that game eventually. Um, I am like... In my 23rd year, um, after spending years as a dedicated uh, Resident Evil 4 fan, becoming just a fan of the franchise broadly, um, excited to play Resident Evil 2. What the fuck is this game doing here? Eh, it's pretty good. It's like it's a like, it's like a really good remake of like a classic. Yeah. I don't understand. I don't know. I guess maybe my <laughs> issue is putting a remake in Game of the Year just feels like. Then why is Smash here? Honestly, why is Smash here? Every I like I, I fucking know. love Smash. I fucking love Smash. I don't have any problems with Smash. It's you know honestly, like if I were just going to like think about it objectively, Smash is probably my favorite game that came out in the last twelve months. You know? Like I fucking love Smash. I just think that like what is Resident Evil 2? And if you want to extend that logic, what is Smash doing here when you could be acknowledging, like, Outer Wilds and Disco Elysium and, like... You could be out acknowledging Bloodstained. I don't know. Goose Game. Put fucking... Take Resident Evil 2 out. Take Smash out. Put Goose Game in here. Goose I, Game's not gonna win, but just, like, p put Goose Game in the category. I treated my... My game of the year recently, right? I would have to look at what... My, oh, can I tell you my honest game of the year? Like, can I be like... Mm -hmm. just my, my favorite game I played this year is Twooey. I really liked The World Ends With You. Um, How much of that is wrapped up in uh, love, being in love with me? Very little. I played like one hour of that game with you and was okay, kind of fine. mad at you the whole time. <laughs> Jesus. No, I love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, so, so, it's so, yeah. getting past... It's way past my bedtime and I'm getting punchy. Yeah, here's the thing. Bloodstained, nowhere on this award ceremony. Code Vein, nowhere on this award ceremony. Yeah. Code Vein's my game of the year. Yeah. Um, so, unfortunately, we didn't predict Death Stranding winning hardly anything. Death Stranding might win this, or Outer Worlds, but it really should be Control. Um, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I should... Mm. I should go through and, like, try and assemble a list of games I played this year, but I... <clears throat> I'm pretty sure that, like, Tui would beat any game that came out this year. I just really like that game. I think it's kind of bad in a lot of spots, but it's just like... Twooey really, for me, like... Twooey is to Kingdom Hearts as F91 is to the Universal Century, to me. Of just this, like... Real, like... Dis like Quick-hit distillation of all my favorite things that I like. You know, like... F91, like, obviously F91 is not as good as Double Zeta. That's not true. But F91 does have the scene where that guy, like, walks with Cecily and explains to her all the problems with, like, neoliberal, democratic, like, republic, capitalism, mm -hmm. all this stuff, and then says, and I found the solution is monarchy, which is <laughs> the best thing that ever happens! It's, like, it's so perfectly universal century to have someone, like, absolutely correctly diagnose the problems with capitalism and then decide that the solution to capitalism is monarchy. It's an amazing scene! And it just, like, perfectly captures, 
like everything I love about Glimmy Toto in like one scene, <laughs> you know? Um, even if I don't like that character half as much as I like Glimmy Toto. <laughs> it's just because of memes. Um, but like... Hey, Kurozo Iron Mask Rona. Kurozo Iron Mask Rona. I was going to make another po point about Tui. I was going to finish what I was saying. But what if we just ended there? Kurozo Iron Mask Rona, everybody. Game of the year. Game of the year. Good night. Um, Good night, everybody. Kurozo Iron Mask Rona. Kurozo Iron Mask Rona. Rhodesa Iron Mask? Rhone Iron Mask? He cooked him with his mind? Searching and I'll melt into you. What a fear in my heart. But you're so supreme. I give my thinking um since you have a decent ocelot and we have an ocelot scene here um ocelot snake boss fight transcript <laughs> no no not that one how did ocelot lose his arm <laughs> how did he lose his arm does Ocelot betray Big Boss? <laughs> no. Question of the century. <laughs> Never. Never. Revolver. Shazka Ocelot is a recurring character in Konami's middle. There's a codec call in 5 that explains where the nickname Shalashaska comes from. There was a different explanation earlier, and then they retconned it. Um, I don't know what you're doing, but I don't want to just read a script. 
Yeah, I was just thinking we could start the episode with just like, <laughs> you need to turn that off. I was thinking it would be funny <clears throat> to, for us to start the episode with like doing some scene of Ocelot and Snake since I have like not a good snake but a funny snake and you have not a good Ocelot but a funny Ocelot. I thought you said that my liquid was funny. Your liquid's funny. <laughs> You have a you have a solid liquid and a solid ocelot. You know, there was a time when I wanted to be a voice actor. No, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. It was about the time I was watching a lot of uh, uh, abridged anime series on YouTube as a high schooler. I got um, now I'm a podcaster, which is basically the same thing. I had a phase where I got like really interested in voice acting, um, and I was like looking up like who was in all my favorite shows and what other shows were they in. But I, that never translated into wanting to be a voice actor myself because I ne- I've never had... I've just never been able to do voice as much. I figured that um, with no one watching, I'd be more comfortable acting. Right. Which is sometimes true. That makes I'm sense. I'm very bashful. Yeah. I can just... I can feel it. Like, there's a specific wall in my brain... And I know that I could do good if I could push past that bashfulness. Right. And I could, like, role play better. And, well, that's, like, playing RPGs has helped with that a lot. Right. I don't know. You've talked about wanting to do, like, audio dramas before. And I've always been like, hmm, I don't know. Because, like, I just, like, neither of us are actors. And I don't know how many acting friends we have. But knowing that's kind of interesting. Like, oh, I, I, we at least have one person who would... Like, it sounds like you would want to do acting in an audio drama just to fucking try it, you know? Yeah, and also, like, we are friends with lots of podcasters who are also actors because of, like, actual play stuff. That's, yeah, that's true. I hadn't thought about that. Is that all, should I put all that after the credits music, or did did we just start doing the podcast? You put that after the credits. Okay. That was all really interesting content, though, and I just don't, I don't want people to miss that. Okay. Whatever. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. (sighs) Hi, everybody. Sorry. (laughs) It's not. No, it's fine. Like, I was just like, I guess I'm going to do another take on that. Just just mute my track. (laughs) You good? I don't know what episode this is. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Export Audio episode 77. I know the episode number. <laughs> I didn't even have to look it up. I thought I did. My name is Autumn June. I'm about to burp, so now you're going to introduce yourself. I'm Nora and Zoe. I choked down the burp. I just di- I simply did not burp. The burp is just inside of me now. Um, we should do something about this piece of plastic <laughs> that's sitting on the desk. But- uh, fuck it. There was a couch it would have landed on softly. Yeah, but I wanted the audio for the podcast. <laughs> podcast? Podcast? Po- podcast? Podcast. 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 Today, on the podcast. On the podcast. 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 <laughs> <laughs> on the snake cast. We bring you an episode in two parts. Or more. Or more. No two, promises. <laughs> two planned parts. Part one. The first snake. Part two, it's twin. (laughs) Part one. We have been talking for a little while about a podcast called 
do you remember this shit? Uh, where we watch uh, Metal Gear long plays and cutscenes and talk about Metal Gear and just all the shit that... And that also grew into, we would do this for Bionic Commando 09 and Dark Void. And Force Unleashed. And Force Unleashed. I don't think Dark Void would be any good for this. Maybe not. Bionic Commando, probably all right. Yeah. I mean, we would have to get a guest for that episode. Yeah, I, I know someone. Yeah. Um, but, um, so we were gonna, long-time listeners may know, we used to do a Teen Titans podcast. <laughs> we still do a Teen Titans we're podcast. Doing, we're recording it tomorrow. We've just taken a month off by accident. We were going you to... You got deathly ill, so... Yes. You know. We were going to do Titans today, and then, um... Just decided, what if we watched Metal Gear, because we both had Metal Gear on the brain, as we so often it's do. It's called brain poisoning. <laughs> it's called brain poisoning. We got it real bad. Um... Muff. <laughs> <laughs> Muff. What a thrill.